الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يد السبيل وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد We're going to finish إن شاء الله تعالى today the kitab ta'adhim al-ilm written by Sheikh Salih ibn Abdullah ibn Hamad al-Usaymi حفظه الله تعالى ورعاه بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على عبده ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين قال المؤلف وفقه الله تعالى المعقد الخامس عشر رد مشكله إلى أهله فالمعظم للعلم يعول على دهاقناته والجهابذة من أهله لحل مشكلاته ولا يعرض نفسه لما لا تطيق خوفا من القول على الله بلا علم والافتراء على الدين فهو يخاف سخطة الرحمن قبل أن يخاف سوط السلطان فإن العلماء بعلم تكلموا وببصر نافذ سكتوا فإن تكلموا في مشكل فتكلم بكلام فإن, فإن فإن تكلموا في مشكل فتكلم بكلامهم وينسكتوا عنه فليسع كما وسعهم ومن أشق المشكلات الفتن الواقعة والنوازل الحادثة التي تتكاثر مع امتداد الزمن والناس في هذا الباب طرفان ووسط فقوم أعرضوا عن استفتاء العلماء فيها وفزعوا إلى الأهواء والآراء يستمدونها من هيجان الخطبة ورقة الشعراء وتحليلات السياسيين وإرجافات المنافقين وقوم يعرضونها على العلماء لكنهم لا يرتضون قالهم ولا يرضون بقالهم فكأنهم طلبوا جوابا يوافق هوا في نفوسهم فلما لم يجدوه مالوا عنهم والناجون من نار الفتن السالمون من وهج المحن هم من فزع إلى العلماء ولزم قولهم وإن اشتبه عليه شيء من قولهم أحسن الظن بهم فطرح قوله وأخذ بقولهم فالتجربة والخبرة هم فالتجربة والخبرة هم كانوا أحق بها وأهلها وإذا اختلفت أقوالهم لزم قول جمهورهم وسوادهم إثارا للسلامة والسلامة لا يعدلها شيء. The author رحمه الله here he speaks about when there happens problems, contemporary issues take place, things happen, whether it be political issues or what not, something may happen. رد مشكله إلى أهله. Take the matters to the scholars. People automatically, they want to say something. And they want to throw their ideas and their take on this issue. The people of Khair are known not to speak about this issue unless they take it to the ulama. Because Allah said in the Quran, وَلَوْ رَدُّوهُ إِلَى الرَّسُولِ وَإِلَىٰ أُولِي الْأَمْرِ مِنْهُمْ لَعَلِمَهُ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَنْبِطُونَهُ مِنْهُمْ If they were to take the matter to the people of knowledge, Amri here means the ulama, as Qatadat ibn Da'amat al-Sadusi said. They take it back to the scholars and they ask them to clarify the issue. The Shaykh rahimahullah, he clarified the types of people when it comes to these issues, how they are. He said the people are three types. The first type is a group, a'radu, they turned away. And they don't ask the scholars. And they don't ask the people of knowledge. They dismiss them. And they belittle the scholars. And 
they go back to people of whims and desires and they use them as a reference point the second group he said is a group of people who present the matter to the people of knowledge but what they are doing is they've already have, they already have a preconceived notion they have a belief already so they just want to see if the scholar is in line with their preconceived notion so these are also a corrupt people the third type of people are وَالنَّاجُونَ مِنْ نَارِ الْفِتَنِ A people who are saved from the trials of the tribulations. What do they do? They present the matter to the scholars and they take it from the scholars. And then the Shaykh, rahimahullah, hafizahullah, he says, there is nothing equal to presenting matters to the people of knowledge and waiting for their verdict and what they say. The reason is because they will not use emotions. Rather they will look at the issue based on knowledge. And because of their knowledge and their understanding, they will be able to give the people the best way out of the situation. So as a student of knowledge, leave these issues for the scholars. And leave it for the people of knowledge. Naam. وما أحسن قول ابن عاصم في مرتق الوصول وواجب في مشكلات الفهم تحسين الظن بأهل العلم الإمام محمد ابن عاصم أبو بكر ابن عاصم هذا كتاب قلت مرتق الوصول in the science of أصول الفقه and he says وواجب what is obligatory is في مشكلات الفهم in matters which are problematic an issue hit a trial happened. The best way to understand it is, and to get out of this problem, is is to perfect our assumption, the people of knowledge. We think good of them. People, they belittle the scholars. And they say the scholars really don't care about us. And they have their hidden agendas. And so who does it leave the verdict to? It leaves the verdict to it leaves it to the dim-witted ones and that's why you see calamities and problems happen to the people ومن جملة المشكلات رد زلات العلماء والمقالات الباطلة لأهل البدع والمخالفين فإنما يتكلم فيها العلماء الراسخون the sheikh mentioned something very powerful when the scholars do a mistake and they go against the truth not everybody should respond to them and not everybody should indulge into this. It is not for anybody except the scholars to respond. And the people of knowledge who know. Because what could happen is you try to respond and you bring a greater problem. Or you may even come, as the scholars say, Raddu bid'atin bi bid'ah. You refute an innovation with a, another innovation. So the scholars are the ones who speak about it. And if they are silent, because of wisdom they went silent and it suffices you their silence and if they spoke they spoke because of wisdom because they know the time to speak and they know the time to withhold a people you're talking about are people whose beards have become white in knowledge would they want to spend the last days of their lives 
praying and mocking with the religion of Allah Azza wa Jalla. So the Shaykh says, we have to think good of the people of knowledge. Now. And Imam al-Shatibi explained this issue in great details. وَلِذَلِكَ A man from the leaders of the Mu'tazila, he wanted to belittle Hassan al-Basri and al-Awza'i and Abu Hanif and others. And then he said, وَمَا عِلْمُ وَمَا عِلْمُ حَسَنِ الْبَصْرِي وَمُحَمَدِ بْنُ السِّيرِينَ وَأَبِي حَنِيفَةٍ إِلَّا خِرْقَةُ حِيْضٍ مُلْقَاهِ What is the knowledge of Hassan al-Basri and the knowledge of Muhammad ibn al-Sirin and the knowledge of Abu Hanifa except the cloth that the women use for their menses عَفَانِ اللَّهُ وَإِيَّاكُمْ Al-Imam al-Shatibi mentions that in his kitab al-Itisam and now you hear statements like the scholars are scholars of scholars of dollars this is exactly it's the same statement that was said then It's still said here At this time that we're living in So we need to think good of the scholars And the people of knowledge And respect them And admire them Because the way to understand the text Is through them When the nashia, The upcoming The young kids Involve themselves into these issues What did he say? Tawalladat Fitanun wa balaya, great crime and great problems occur from these issues. Leave it for the people of knowledge. Let them talk about it. Let them discuss it. Now. The Shaykh said, as it's seen. As it's seen. If you look at the refutations amongst the scholars, those amongst the scholars. And the students wouldn't go in. And they wouldn't talk about it. Muhammad, Muhammad ibn Ismail ibn Ibrahim ibn. Mughirat ibn Ju'fi al-Mawlahum Al-Imam al-Bukhari There has been between him and his contemporary Muhammad ibn Yahya al-Duhali They had a khilaf Both of whom were the teachers of Abu al-Husayn Muslim ibn Husayn ibn Muslim Al-Qushayri al-Naysaburi and Imam Muslim Both of them were his teachers He did not discuss it nor did he indulge himself into it nor did he speak about it and to take a neutral position, what he did was, he did not narrate from both of them in his sahih. He did not narrate from Imam al-Bukhari in his sahih, nor did he narrate from Imam Muhammad ibn Yahya al-Duhali. And he didn't indulge into it. Even though he's from the scholars of hadith, and he's from the scholars who can speak about these issues, but he chose not to. Rahimahullahu, rahmatan wasi'a. So this is what is needed. فَإِنَّمَا نَشَأَتْ كَثِيرٌ مِنَ الْفِتَنِ مِنَ الْفِتَنِ حِينَ تَعَرَّضَ لِلرَّدِّ عَلَى زَلَّاتِ الْعُلَمَاءِ وَالْمَقَالَاتِ الْمُخَالِفَةِ لِلشَّرِيعَةِ بَعْضُ النَّشَأَةِ الْأَغْمَارِ وَالْجَادَّةُ السَّالِمَةِ عَرْضُهَا عَلَى الْعُلَمَاءِ الرَّاسِخِينَ وَالِاسْتِمْسَاكُ بِقَوْلِهِمْ فِيهَا الْمَعْقِدُ السَّادِسَ عَشَرَ تَوْقِيرُ مَجَالِسِ الْعِلْمِ وَإِجْلَالُ أَوْعِيَتِهِ فَمَجَالِسُ الْعُلَمَاءِ كَمَجَالِسِ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ قال سهل بن عبد الله من أراد أن ينظر إلى مجالس الأنبياء فلينظر إلى مجالس العلماء يجيء الرجل فيقول يا فلان أي شيء تقول في رجل حلف على امرأته بكذا وكذا فيقول طلقت طلقت امرأته طلقت امرأته طلقت امرأته ويجيء آخر فيقول ما تقول في رجل حلف على امرأته بكذا وكذا فيقول ليس يحنث بهذا القول وليس هذا إلا لنبي أو لعالم فعرفوا لهم ذلك 
وقال مالك بن انس ان مجالس العلماء تحتضن بالخشوع والسكينه والوقار وقد كان مالك اذا اراد ان يحدث توضا وجلس على صدر فراشه وسرح لحيته وتمكن من جلوسه بوقار وهيبه ثم حدث ثم حدث وكان عبد الرحمن بن مهدي لا لا يتحدث في مجلسه ولا يبرى فيه قلم ولا يتبسم فيه احد الشيخ رحمه الله حفظه الله تعالى he speaks about توقير مجالس العلم respecting and honoring the gatherings of knowledge when you're sitting in a place where you're learning the knowledge respect it and honor it and venerate it and also واجلال اوعيته and also honor and respect also honor and respect where, your, where the knowledge is written on the books that you have you see students right now they're at the Dora and they will place the book on the floor this is not from the respecting of the book what the scholars they used to speak about how to take and look after the book they used to author books in Hamlul Kitab how to carry a book rahimahumullahu jami'an some of the Salaf, they saw a person do this and turn over the page. And then he said to him, why are you disrespecting the book? Why are you placing your saliva on the book? And then he said, but I need to change, turn over the page. And then he took his saliva and he said, shall I place it on your cheek? He said, no. He said, exactly. The way you wouldn't like it for it to be on your cheek. Don't place it on the Quran when you're reading in the Mus'haf. So the person respects the Quran. You don't spread your legs onto it. You don't put objects and things on top of it. You respect the book that you're taking the knowledge from. If you haven't got respect for the book in which you're taking the knowledge from, then would you respect the knowledge that is in it? So you respect the gathering of knowledge and you also respect the knowledge where it's in. The Shaykh then brought the statement of Sahar ibn Abdullah to study, who said that the gathering of the scholars is like the gatherings of the prophets. The place that you're sitting in learning the religion it's like the gathering of the Prophet. Would you walk like this? Would you sit like this in front of the Messenger alayhi salatu Then this gathering is like his gathering alayhi salatu Why? Because his inheritance is what's been given. What he left behind, it is what's been given to the people. So the way that you are in that gathering would be the same way that you would be in front of the Messenger. In front of the Messenger alayhi salatu, alayhi salatu wasalam. Walidarika the scholars and the Ahlul Ilm they had al-khushu' wal-sakinat wal-waqar. They had tranquility, calmness in the gatherings of knowledge. Walidalika al-imam Malik, whenever he would narrate a hadith from the Messenger, alayhi salatu wassalam, tawadda'a, he would do wudu. Wajalasa ala sadri firashihi. And he would sit on top of a an, uh, mattress or a, 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 a carpet. He would sit, sit on it. وَصَرَّحَ لِحْيَتَهُ And he would then comb his bed. And Imam Malik, rahimahullah, وَتَمَكَّنَ مِنْ جُلُسِي And he would find a position where he wouldn't have to move around. And once he got it, he would narrate. Because he's respecting what he's going to narrate. وَبِهَادَ ارْتَفَعَ الْقَوْمِ يَا إِخْوَى This is what raised these people and gave them the station that they had. عبد الرحمن بن مهدي لا يتحدث في مجلسي No one could speak in his gatherings. And no one could talk in it. No pen would be sharpened or no pen would be moved in his gathering. No one can smile in his gathering. It was a serious sit, Abdul Rahman Mahdi's gathering. Because this is the gathering of who? 
the messenger alayhi salatu alayhi salatu wasalam walidhalika when this got accepted from the people they di- di- disrespected and they belittled knowledge this made people disrespect the concept of knowledge when this was accepted from them and this was not what the Salaf would, would accept now وكان وكيع بن الجراح في مجلسه كأنهم في في صلاة. وكيع بن الجراح الرؤاسي. It was like in his gathering the people praying. In the praying with the people move around a lot. Would they be talking in the prayer? That is the same way in which his gathering will be. وكيع بن الجراح. فعلى طالب العلم أن يعرف لمجالس العلم حقها فيجلس فيها بجلسة الأدب. ويصغي إلى الشيخ ناظر إليه فلا يلتفت عنه من غير ضرورة ولا يضطرب لضجة يسمعها ولا ولا يعبث بيديه أو رجليه ولا يستند بحضرة شيخه ولا يتكو على يده ولا يكثر التنحنح والحركة ولا يتكلم مع جاره وإذا عطس خفض صوته وإذا تثاءب ستر فمه بعد رده جهده الشيخ said that it's upon the student of knowledge that he watches and he observes the manners in the gathering of seeking knowledge he doesn't listen to accept the teacher and he doesn't look at anyone except the teacher the minute he comes he looks at the teacher until he leaves he does that he doesn't look at anyone unless there's a necessity also he doesn't lean on anywhere and use an object that he still sits straight and he looks at the teacher that's how they were Jibreel when he came he sat down in front of the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam and he did not lean on anything and when Jibreel came why did he come? atakum yu'allimukum deenukum Jibreel came as to taught the religion so he was teaching the companions how to sit in front of the people of knowledge and to take from them you don't sneeze in front of your teacher in his face you don't yawn in front of him because it shows that you're bored of what he's saying and if it does happen that you yawn you turn and you hide yourself behind the person and you yawn so he doesn't see you. Naam. وينضم إلى توقير مجالس العلم إجلال أوعيته التي يحفظ فيها وعمادها الكتب وعمادها الكتب فاللائق بطالب العلم صون كتابه وحفظه وإجلاله والاعتناء به فلا يجعله صندوقا يحشوه بوداعه بودائعه ولا يجعله بوقا وإذا وضعه وضعه بلطف وعناية رمى إسحاق بن راهوي يوما كتاب كان في, يد في يده فرأه أبو عبد الله أحمد بن حنبل فغضب وقال أهكذا يفعل بكلام الأبرار ولا يتكو على الكتاب الإمام أحمد بن حنبل إسحاق بن راهوي was another great scholar he threw a book that was in his hand he threw it somewhere إسحاق بن راهوي did this and then الإمام أحمد بن حنبل saw him and then he said to him, in a state of anger, Ahmed was very angry. And then he said to him, الأبرار, Is that how you treat the statement of the righteous people? Ishaq is an imam. Ishaq is the imam who told Bukhari to write his sahih. And he was a teacher of an imam al-Bukhari. And he said to him, الأبرار, Is that how you treat the statement of the people of, the people of knowledge? Let alone the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal. And that's kufr if you throw the mushaf somewhere. Or you put your leg on the mushaf, or you belittle the mushaf. ولا يتكئ على الكتاب أو يضعه عند قدميه وإذا كان يقرأ فيه على شيخ رفعه عن الأرض وحمله بيديه. The sheikh said he doesn't lean on the book, or he doesn't place his hand on the book, and if he reads uh, 
the book on a shaykh, he raises the book from the ground and he holds it with his hand. He doesn't put the book on the floor. Brothers, if you don't respect the book, then you're not going to respect the knowledge in it. Nor are you going to respect the scholar. And these are all connected. Now. المعقد السابع عشر الذب عن العلم والذود عن حياضه إن للعلم حرمة وافرة توجب الانتصار له إذا تعرض لجنابه بما لا يصلح وقد ظهر هذا الانتصار عند أهل العلم في مظاهر منها الرد على المخالف فمن أعلى المخالف فمن استبانت مخالفته للشريعة رد عليه كائنا من كان حمية للدين ونصيحة للمسلمين ولم يزل الناس يرد بعضهم على بعض قاله الإمام أحمد لكن المرشح لذلك هم العلماء للدهماء مع لزوم الأدب وترك الجور والظلم The Sheikh mentions here the protection of knowledge and that it takes the knowledge is given protection and it's looked after and he mentions one of the ways to protect the religion is by clarifying الرد على المخالف the one who opposes the deen and the one who opposes this knowledge and goes against it that is responded to and that is refuted. But the Shaykh then went on saying, who are the ones who are allowed to do this? Al-Murashah Lidalika, the ones who are allowed to respond to the innovators. Humul Ulama, they're the people of knowledge. Laddahmau, not the dim-witted ones, the ones who don't know anything. The people who are emotional, not for them. Ma'aluzum al-adab, when the scholar speaks, he's going to make sure he watches and he uses manners that are needed from him. Watarkil jawri wa dhulmi, and the scholar won't go overboard. He'll make sure he will stick to the point at hand. But the truth has to be protected. And the haqq has to be told. Why is that? The Shaykh mentioned, why hamiyyatan lidini wa nasihatan lil muslimin. It's to protect the religion and it is also to give sincere advice to the people. وَمِنْهَا هَجْرُ الْمُبْتَدِعِ ذَكَرَهُ أَبُوْ يَعْلَى الْفَرَّاءُ إِجْمَاعًا فلا يؤخذ العلم عن أهل البدع لكن إذا اضطر إليه فلا بأس فما في الرواية عنهم لدى المحدثين The innovator being boycotted and not being visited and going to him is also a way to protect the knowledge he said and this is consent Abu Ya'la mentioned Rahimahullah Abu Ya'la al-Farra mentioned this consent there's no difference of, of opinion فلا يؤخذ العلم عن أهل البدع knowledge is not sought from the innovators he says the sheikh لكن إذا الضرة if there's a necessity there's no other way he's the only person in the land who knows Arabic there's no one else who knows it this is a necessity and the necessity permits permits things khamar becomes permissible the times of necessity but if there are other options there are other ways then you're not allowed to do it an example he gave was الروايتي عنهم the narrations that the scholars took from Ahlul Bid'ah رواية المبتدع which we'll study more in the Kitab Nukhba Al-Fikr. Imam Al-Bukhari, when he's sahih, he has some narrations of the innovators in there. Why? Because there's no one else who had these narrations except them. So, so it was needed and it was a necessity they took it from them. Now. وفي ذلك يقول شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية الحفيد مقررا أصلا كبيرا تعظم الحاجة إليه في أزمنة الجاهلية والفتن فإذا تعذر إقامة الواجب والواجبات من العلم والجهاد وغير ذلك إلا بمن فيه بدعة مضرتها دون مضرة ذلك الواجب كان تحصيل, كان تحصيل المصلحة الواجب مع مفسدة, مع مفسدة مرجوحة خيرا من العكس ومنها زجر المتعلم إذا تعدى في بحثه أو ظهر منه لدد أو سوء أدب 
The author here mentions if a student is showing bad manners and his etiquette is bad, it's upon the teacher to rebuke him and to play, put, put him in his place. This is a way to protect knowledge and it's to protect the deen of Allah Azza wa Jalla. كان عبد الرحمن بن مهدي إذا تحدث أحد في مجلسه أو بريف قلم صاح ولبس عليه ودخل عبد الرحمن بن مهدي in his gathering if anybody expressed bad manners he would leave the gathering and he would walk away نعم وكان وكيع إذا أنكر من أم إذا أنكر من أمر من أمر جلسائه شيئا انتعل ودخل وكيع if anybody rejected if he saw something in his gathering which he did not like, that did not please him, he would what? In ta'ala wa dakhal. He would put the shoes under his armpits and he would leave. And he would go. He would take his shoes and he would leave. Now. وكان وكيع إذا أنكر من أمر جلسائه شيئا انتعل ودخل وشوهد هذا مرارا من شيخ شيوخنا محمد بن إبراهيم آل الشيخ. The previous mufti of Saudi Arabia, the first mufti of Saudi Arabia. After him came Sheikh Abdul Aziz Nubaz, Muhammad Ibrahim Al Sheikh. The same thing. He would look at the gathering. If he sensed there was bad manners, he would place his, to, to look for his shoes. He would take his shoes and he would leave. Now, why? He says, This is protecting knowledge and honoring knowledge. فكم مرة رؤيا منصرفا لما سمع طالبا يتشدق في مقاله فأخذنا عليه وانصرف. وحضر شاب مجلس سفيان الثوري فجعل يترأس ويتكلم ويتكبر بالعلم. الإمام سفيان الثوري he saw a young student in his gathering, a young man, young in age, thinking he is something in the gathering. He thought he was a leader. He wanted to contribute some thoughts into the discussion. He thought he can give evidences and do استنباطات واستدلالات. He saw something like that and was talking and was slightly arrogant. فغضب سفيان. سفيان became excessively angry. نعم. فغضب سفيان وقال لم يكن السلف هكذا he would say he said to him the salaf were not like this meaning the people before him were not like this لم يكن السلف هكذا كان أحدهم لا يدعي الإمامة ولا يجلس في الصدر حتى يطلب هذا العلم ثلاثين سنة he said that one would not come forward nor would he speak about the religion nor would he think about teaching if he hasn't sought knowledge for 30 years وأنت تتكبر على من هو أسن منك قم عن. And you are showing arrogance to someone who is older than you in age, saying to the young boy, you're now showing arrogance to someone who's older than you, meaning himself. And in other words, Sufyan thought thirty something years he was learning knowledge. And then look what he said to him. قم عني ولا. He said, get up, leave me now. Get up and leave the gathering. Walk away. He said to him. ولا أراك تدنو من مجلسي. Never shall I ever see you sitting in this gathering anymore. I don't want to see you ever again. Again, this is what الذب عن العلم والذود عن حياضه. This is protecting knowledge. And that student will get up and he would leave. And if he was a humble student who really loved knowledge, he would come back again tomorrow and he would ask for forgiveness. And the Imam would probably kick him out again. And then he would come back again, as Abdullah ibn Abbasin said, ذللت طالبا وعززت مطلوبا. When I was seeking knowledge, I was humiliated. But when I learnt knowledge and I became a person of knowledge, Allah honoured me. So when you're young and you're learning knowledge and your teacher shows you qaswa, hardship and toughness, inshaAllah ta'ala, it will raise you after bi-idhnillahil kareem. Now. 
وكان يقول إذا رأيت الشاب يتكلم عند المشايخ وإن كان قد بلغ من العلم مبلغا فأيس من خيره فإنه قليل الحياء قليل الحياء. سفيان الثوري used to say if you see a young person speaking in the gathering of those who are senior than him, older than him in age, he's speaking in their gathering and he may even have a lot of knowledge. فأيس منه give up on this person. Don't hope any good from him anymore. فَأَيَّاسْ مِنْهُ Give up on this individual. فَإِنَّهُ قَلِيلُ الْحَيَاءِ He has no shyness. He has not. He has no shyness. Or he has little shyness. نعم. وَإِنْ اِحْتَاجَ الْمُعَلِّمُ إِلَىٰ اِخْرَاجِ الْمُتَعَلِّمِ مِنْ مَجْلِسِهِ زَجْرًا لَهُ فَلْيَفْعَلْ كَمَا فَعَلَىٰ He says if the teacher wants to kick his student out of a gathering and say get out of my gathering, he said let him do it. He has the right to do that. فَلْيَفْعَلْ كَمَا فَعَلَ سُفْيَانٌ وَكَمَا كَانَ يَفْعَلُهُ شُعْبَةُ مَعَ عَثَانِ بْنِ مُسْلِمْ فِي دَرْسِهِ The way Shu'ba ibn Hajjaj, Abu Bistam al-Ataki, he did to Affan ibn Muslim al-Safar. He told him, get out of the gathering, walk away. And Affan ibn Muslim is an imam. As Abdul Rahman Yahya al-Mu'allimi mentioned in his kitab, the Muqaddimah of al-Jarh wa al-Ta'adil. Al-Imam Abu Nu'ayn Fadr ibn Dukayn, he kicked Abdul Yahya ibn Mu'ayn in the chest. He took his leg out. And he placed it on the chest of Yahya and he kicked him. And he said, get out of this. With the presence of who? With the presence of Ahmed ibn Hanbal there. Yahya ibn Ma'in and Ahmed ibn Hanbal came to Abu Nu'aym, Fadl ibn Dukayn. And when they entered, Yahya ibn Ma'in tried to test Abu Nu'aym, Fadl ibn Dukayn. He tested him. And so Yahya ibn, when he tested him, Abu Nu'aym sensed that he was being tested. And then he looked at Ahmed ibn Hanbal and he realized the haybah of Ahmed. Ahmed will never do something like that. But then he looked at Yahya and he realized he's testing him. And he said, this is something I know, I know you, you were not behind. I know you wouldn't do this, Ahmed. And as for you, and he took his leg out. He placed it on the chest of Yahya ibn Ma'in and he kicked him off the chair he was sitting on until he tumbled over. Look at Yahya ibn Ma'in, he got up, he cleared, cleared, cleared his chest and then he said, Wallahi, the kicking of Abu Nu'ayn Fadl ibn on my chest was more beloved to me than my journey to Abdul Razak ibn Hammam al-Sana'an in Yemen. Uh, because I learned today that Abu Nu'aym Fadl al-Dukayn is an imam strong in knowledge. That when I go to my land and people tell me, can we take the narration of Abu Nu'aym? I'm going to say, of course he is. He's a mountain in knowledge. So they never saw it, the harshness that came from the shuyukh to be something. Sometimes the teacher where the student would ask a question and the teacher would look at the student and walk away and not answer it. And that was his answer. Then you shouldn't say, my teacher is disrespectful to me. You're a student of knowledge. The teacher is not a person you place on a level where he has to respond to you. Or he has to talk to you. Or he has, he has to explain things to you. Amash used to do that. Sulaiman ibn Mehran. He would look at the person and if he felt the need to answer, he would. And if he didn't feel like it, he wouldn't answer it. Now, he, the teacher doesn't need you. You need the teacher. ورأينا هذا كثيرا من جماعة من الشيوخ منهم العلامة ابن باز فربما سأله سائل عما لا ينفعه فترك الشيخ إجابته وأمر القارئ أن يواصل قراءته أو أجابه بخلاف قصده المعقد الثامن عشر التحفظ في مسألة العالم فرارا من مسائل الشغب وحفظا لهيبة العالم فإن من السؤال ما يراد به التشغيب وإيقاظ الفتنة وإشاعة السوء ومن آنس, ومن ومن آنس منه العلماء هذه المسائل لقي منهم ما لا, ما لا يعجبه 
كما مر معك في زجر المتعلم فلا بد من التحفظ في مسألة العالم ولا يفلع في تحفظه فيها إلا من إلا من أعمل أربعة أصول. The Sheikh here speaks about watching how you ask the question to the teacher. And he mentions four principles that you need to follow when you're asking a question. How many principles? Four. Number one, if you don't watch, if you don't follow these four principles in when you're asking the question, you're going to come with bad manners to your teacher. Now, ask yourself first of all, why am I asking this question? Think about it. Think before you talk. Why am I asking this question? فيكون قصده من السؤال التفقه والتعلم للتنعت والتهكم. When you ask, you're asking to learn. You're asking to understand the religion in this issue. You're not asking it to test the teacher or to belittle him or to make it hard on him or to say, I got the teacher to get confused. Your intention is to learn and to understand. That's why you're, you're asking. Now. فإن من ساء قصده في سؤاله يحرم بركة العلم ويمنع منفعته. Anyone whose intention is bad and his teacher senses that from you, what's going to happen to you is he's going to look at you and he's never, wanna, he's never going to give you any attention and nor is he ever going to teach you. He will close his heart from you. Now. وفي الناس من يسأل وله في سؤاله قصد باطن يريد التو... يريد التو... يريد التوصل به إلى مقصود له فإذا غفل عنه المفتي وأفتاه بما يريد فليح به وأشاعه وإذا تنبه إلى قصده حال بين, بي... حال بينه وبين مراده وزجره عن غيه قال القرافي رحمه الله تعالى في كتابه الإحكام سئلت مرة عن عقد, النك... عن عقد النكاح بالقاهرة هل يجوز أم لا؟ فارتبت وقلت له أي للسائل ما أفتيك حتى تبين لي ما المقصود بهذا الكلام فإن كل أحد يعلم أن عقد النكاح بالقاهرة جائز فلما فلم أزل به حتى قال إنا أردنا أن نعقده خارج القاهرة فمنعنا لأنه استحلال يعني نكاح تحليل وهو نوع من الأنكحة المحرمة فجئنا للقاهرة فقلت له لا يجوز لا بالقاهرة ولا بغيرها لك Sometimes the people might ask you questions to test you. And sometimes they might ask you a question in a very ambiguous way. They have a hidden agenda behind it. As a mufti or a person who's answered the question, you say, what's the reason you asked this question? Especially if the question is a clear matter. Somebody comes up to you and says, to you, I want to get married, is it permissible? That's not a, it's a permissible, of course it's permissible to get married. So why did you ask me that question? It seems that something bigger than that is behind the question. So you say, what was the reason why you asked me this question? And then when he clarifies it to you, you say, ha. That's what you meant by it. Naam. And he mentioned the story of Imam Al-Qarafi in his ahkam. وَقَعَ مِثْلُ هَذَا لِعَبِ الْعَبَّاسِ بْنِ تَيْمِيَةَ الْحَفِيدِ فِي فَتُوَا تَتَعَلَّقُ بِأَهْلِ الذِّمَّةِ ذَكَرَهَا تِلْمِيذُهُ الْبَارُ رَبْنُ الْقِيِّمِ رحمه الله تعالى في كتابه إعلام الموقعين ورد عليه غير مرة في وجه غير, غير الوجه السابق لها فكان يقول لا يجوز حتى قال في آخر مرة هي المسألة المعينة وإن, خرج وإن خرجت في عدة قوالب أما الأصل الثاني فاتفطن إلى ما يسأل عنه فلا تسأل عما لا, لا نفع فيه إما بالنظر إلى حالك أو بالنظر إلى المسألة نفسها سأل رجل أحمد بن حنبل عن يعجوج ومأجوج أمسلمونهم فقال أحكمت العلم حتى تسأل عن هذا The second principle is you ask something that's going to benefit you People ask 
al-shaykh, they got an opportunity to beat, meet a big scholar. And now Allah has given them that opportunity. The shaykh is in front of you, the alim is in front of you. And you say, hey, fadl, ask the question that you have. And then you ask him a question that is so unnecessary, that doesn't benefit you at all. Like Imam Muhammad, a man came up to him and he said to him, Ya Juj wa Ma'juj, are they Muslims? Are they Muslims? And then he said to him, Ahakamta al-ilma, did you master all of knowledge that the only thing that was left for you is to find out whether Ya Juj wa Ma'juj were Muslims? You've got so much other things you need. Like for example, um, one of the scholars, somebody asked him and they said, Is Iblis married? Has Iblis got a wife and is he married? And the Shaykh responded by saying, it was a wedding I wasn't invited at. It was a wedding I wasn't invited at that wedding. So it's asking a question that doesn't benefit you. Whether you find that Iblis has a wife and then he has kids is a big problem for you. It's not like anything Imaniyat is going to increase for you. It's unnecessary. Naam. <laughs> The person needs to look at the teacher. How is his situation now? Does he look relaxed? Is he happy? It's a, okay, ask him. Is he tired? Has he had a long day? Has he spent so much hours teaching? At the time like that, you take the pressure off. Because this time is not... Even if he gives you the answer, because he's tired and he's preoccupied, it may not come in more details. You may not get the answer in a more detailed manner. Whereas if you were to ask him another time, he might tell you so much aqwal and so much evidences. So look at the situation of the teacher and how he is. Halu shaykh. The situation of the, of the teacher. Naam. فَلَا يَسْأَلُهُ عَنْ حَالٍ تَمْنَعُهُ كَكَوْنِهِ مُهْمُومًا أَوْ مُتَفَكِّرًا أَوْ مَاشِيًا فِي طَرِيقٍ أَوْ رَاكِبًا سَيَّارَتَهُ بَلْ يَتَحَيَّنُ طَيِّبَ نَفْسِهِ بَلْ يَتَحَيَّنُ طَيِّبَ نَفْسِهِ قَالَ قَتَادَةُ سَأَلْتُ أَبَا الطُّفَيْلِ مَسْأَلَةً فَقَالَ إِنَّ لِكُلِّ مَقَامٍ مَقَالَةً Aba Tufaylin, a question was asked to him and somebody put a question to him and then he said to the questioner to him إِنَّ لِكُلِّ مَقَالٍ مَقَامٍ إِنَّ لِكُلِّ مَقَامٍ مَقَالٍ إِنَّ لِكُلِّ مَقَامٍ مَقَالٍ Every situation has a statement Right now is not the best time to ask me Sometimes a person will come to a shaykh they know they will run to him but the shaykh is with his wife so is it the right time to ask? It's not the right time to ask. Oh, he's, he's with his family. Don't ask him now. Or he's walking somewhere. He's doing something. It's not the best time to, to ask him the question. Look for the right time. Naam. فَسَأَلَ رَجُلٌ إِبْنَ الْمُبَارَكِ عَنْ حَدِيثٍ وَهُوَ يَمْشِي فَقَالَ لَيْسَ هَذَا مِنْ تَوْقِيرِ الْعِلْمِ Abdullah ibn Mubarak was walking one day. And a man asked him a hadith. And then he said to him, لَيْسَ هَذَا مِنْ تَوْقِيرِ الْعِلْمِ You're not respecting knowledge. It's not hard to respect knowledge. You want me to tell you a hadith while I'm walking? No. How you structure the question that you're going to ask. Naam. The person 
starts the question with a dua. غفر الله لك. You know, حفظك الله ورعاك. أيدك الله عز وجل. You start with a dua. And then you say, Shaykh. And then you ask the question. وَيُبَجِّلُهُ And you respect him, you honor him, Shaykh. You big him up. What do you do? You mention good of him in the question. All of this is to open his heart and he's going to give you the answer in great details. Because remember, you're a person who's hungry for knowledge. You really want to learn. And that's what you're going to do. You're going to take everything and you want to get... You looked at the situation. You looked at why you're asking the question. You looked at how you're going to structure everything. You observed it. So now, he's going to have to say to you in a... He's going to give you volumes and explanation and qawal and... You're going to write everything down. Now. Something I can remember you with, tell me. So when I go to the people, I say, Yahya Ma'in told me this. That's what he wanted. So some people say, and it's, take that today, and that same concept, which is, today somebody comes to a shaykh, instead of benefiting from his knowledge and anything, they'll say, can I take a video with you? Or can I take a picture with you? What benefit do you get? Just to go to the people and say, I was with the shaykh, look at me, we're together, we're standing together. What did you benefit from that? Are you with me? Your real benefit is to ask him the question and benefit from that. Now. And he said, if you want to remember me and tell the people something about me, tell them that I told you I'm not going to answer your question. And Al-Imam, the great Sahabi, the great, sorry, Tabi'i, Zayd ibn Aslamin, some man asked him a question and then he asked in a way that was not befitting. And then he said to him, go and learn how to ask a question, then come back to me and ask the question. بذل الوسع والجهد وثانيها صدق الطلب وثالثها صحة النية والإخلاص ولا تتم هذه الأمور الثلاثة إلا مع دفع كل ما يشغل عن القلب الإمام الشيخ now he speaks about having the, the joy of knowledge 
and a person is not going to knowledge is not really going to be most you're not going to be passionate about knowledge and knowledge is not going to be everything to you unless you come with three things Ibn al-Qayyim mentioned this in his kitab Miftahu Dari Sa'ada if you truly want to be passionate about knowledge and you want to taste the sweetness of knowledge you really want to taste the sweetness of knowledge then come with three things the first one is exert every effort and every strength that you have in gaining knowledge number two don't associate partners with knowledge get rid of everything else that's distracting you from knowledge and give your heart fully to knowledge number three, three is do it for the sake of Allah have sincerity in this and no other intention you have behind it when you do come with those three, you will truly taste the sweetness of knowledge. And before that, it doesn't taste nice to you. وَمَنْ سَبْرَ هَذِهِ اللَّذَّةَ فِي أَحْوَالِ السَّابِقِينَ مِنْ عُلَمَاءِ الْأُمَّةِ رَأَى عَجَبًا فَلِسَانُ أَحَدِهِمْ مَا لَذَّةِ إِلَّا رِوَايَةُ مُسْنَدٍ قَدْ قُيِّدَتْ بِفَصَاحَةِ الْأَلْفَاظِ وَمَجَالِسٌ فِيهَا تَحِلُّ سَكِينَةٌ إن لذة العلم فوق لذة السلطان والحكم التي تتطلع عليها نفوس كثيرة وتبذل لأجلها أموال مفيرة وتسفك دماء غزيرة بات أبو جعفر النسفي مهموما من ضيق الحبال وسوء الحال وكثرة العيال فوقع في خاطره فرع من فروع مذهبه وكان حنفيا فأعجب به فقام يرقص في داره ويقول أين الملوك أين الملوك أين الملوك وبأبناء الملوك أين الملوك وأبناء الملوك إذا خاض في بحر التفكر خاطري على قدرة من من معضلات المطالب حقرت ملوك الأرض في نيل ما حظوا ونلت المنا بالكتب لا بالكتائب بالكتائب ولهذا كانت الملوك تتوق إلى لذة العلم وتحس فقدها وتطلب تحصيلها قيل لأبي جعفر المنصور الخليفة العباسي المشهور الذي كانت بممالكه تملأ الشرق والغرب تملأ الشرق والغرب هل بقي من لذات الدنيا شيء من لم, لم تنله فقال وهو مستو على كرسيه وسرير ملكه بقيت خصلة وأن أقعد على مصطبة وحول أصحاب الحديث أي طلاب العلم فيقول المستملي من ذكر من من ذكرت رحمك الله يعني فيقول حدثنا فلان قال حدثنا فلان ويسوق الأحاديث المسندة leader, the Abbasi Khalif, Abu Ja'far al-Mansur, his, king, his leadership, where did it reach? Mashariq al-Ardi wa Maghariba, the east and the west, his power. Him and Harun al-Rashid and others, they used to speak to the clouds, and they would say to the clouds, Amtiri hunaka o hunarik. They would say to the cloud, go rain over there, or over there, wherever you want, rain, even if we don't rain here, it doesn't matter. فَسَيَخْرُجُ لَنَا خَرَاجُكِ The money, wherever that rain goes, it's gonna, the, money, the money is going to come back to us. How? Either zakat or the jizya that the non-Muslims were paying. We're going to benefit from it regardless. We'll never lose out. The milk, the kingdom was high. Abi Ja'far and Mansur, they said to him, is there any joy that's left for you? Is there anything you wish to have that you haven't got? And he said, yes. I wish I had a chair Around me were the scholars, uh, the students of hadith, and I can narrate hadathana, 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 they can write. I just wish I could have that. Abi Ja'far al-Mansur is saying this. Yeah. 
فانظر إلى شدة افتقار هذا الخليفة إلى لذة العلم وطلبه تحصيلها وجوعته إليها ومتى عمر القلب بلذة العلم سقطت لذات العادات وذهلت النفس عنها فالنضر بن شميل يقول لا يجد المرء لذة العلم حتى يجوع وينسى جوعه النضر بن شميل he said a person is not going to taste the sweetness of knowledge or you haven't tasted the sweetness of knowledge a person hasn't until you become hungry and you forget your hunger are you with me brothers? You haven't tasted the sweetness of knowledge. Naam. بل تستحيل الآلام لذة بهذه اللذة. ومحمد بن هارون الدمشقي يقول لما حبرة تجالسني نهاري أحب إلي من أنس الصديق وزر ورزمة ورزمة ورزمتك غد في البيت عندي أحب إلي من عدل الدقيق. ولطمة عالم في الخد مني ألذ لدي من شرب الرحيق. Look what he said, Muhammad ibn Harun al-Dimashqi. He said, having ink and a pen and a book and, and a log in which I write on is more beloved to me than having a friend next to me. Having the chance to study and to learn in an empty room where no one is with me and by myself is more beloved to me. Having the slap of a teacher or of my shaykh slapping me is more beloved to me than tasting the sweetness of anything, any juice or anything to drink. I like that more. ولا تعجب فما هذه الأحوال إلا مس عشق العلم فابن القيم يقول في روضة المحبين وأما عشاق العلم فعظم شغفا به وعشقا له من كل عاشق بمعشوقه وكثير منهم لا يشغله عنه أجمل صورة من البشر فإن هذا الشغف يا طلاب العلم ممن يقدم حظه من عرسه على حظه من درسه ويكون جلوسه ويكون جلوسه إلى السمار وشيوخ القمراء أحب إليه من الجلوس إلى العلماء وتقوى عزيمته لل تنقل في الفلوات في الفلوات ولا تقوى على السير في نقل المعلومات وينهض نشيطا لقنص الطير ويرقد كسلا ويرقد كسلا عن صيد الخير فما حظ هؤلاء وكثير هم ما حظهم من تعظيم العلم وقلوبهم مأسورة بمحبة غيره المعقد العشرون المعقد العشرون The author now goes into the last chapter the last chapter Hey, we'll finish this last chapter, inshallah, after the salah, inshallah, ta'ala. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala abdihi wa rasulihi nabiyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Qala al-mu'allif wa faqahullahu ta'ala al-ma'qid al-ishrun. Hifzu al-waqt fi al-ilm. Iza kana al-ilm ashraf al-matlubin wal-umru yutwa ka-jaleed al-yadub. فعين العقل حفظ الوقت فيه والخوف من تضيع من من تقضيه بلا فائدة والسؤال عنه يوم القيامة يحملني وإياك على المبالغة في رعايته قال ابن الجوزي في صيد خاطره ينبغي للإنسان ألا أن يعرف شرف زمانه وقدر وقته فلا يضيع فلا يضيع فلا يضيع منه لحظة في غير قربة ويقدم فيه الأفضل فالأفضل فالأفضل من القول والعمل ومن هنا عظمت رعاية العلماء عظمت رعاية العلماء للوقت حتى قال محمد بن عبد الباقي البزار ما ضيعت ساعة من عمري في لهو أو لعب وقال أبو الوفاء بن عقيل الذي صنف كتاب الفنون في ثمانمائة مجلد إني لا يحل لي أن أضيع ساعة من عمري الشيخ هي حفظ الوقت في العلم 
safeguarding your time and honoring your time and how important that is a person should not let a moment pass by in their life which they don't benefit if your life goes by it will never come back the poet he said ما مضى فات والمؤمل غيب ولك الساعة التي أنت فيها the time that has passed is gone and the one that's going to come in the future Allah A'lam if you're going to live to it والمؤمل غيب what you're hoping for in the future Allah A'lam ولك الساعة التي أنت فيها the only time that you own is the one you're you're currently in the past has happened don't cry over it you know what some people do? They cry about the past, the past, and you know what they do? They're destroying the present. Stop driving in reverse. Don't bring the dead out of the graves. It's a past, past tense. Live the present. And don't build a belief on the future. And say, tomorrow I will do this. In the future I'm planning this. Everything should be what? Now. That's the only thing you have control over. The time that you're living. And brothers, all of this needs training. All of this is training. It doesn't happen overnight where you start realizing the value of your time and how to look after your time and how to take care of your time. It is something that you train yourself to become. And we mentioned this before. When nafsu katifli in tuhmilhu shabba'ala hubbir rada'i the nafs is like a child if the mother breastfeeds the child for 20 years he will just take it the human will just keep going on but the mother has to make a decision after 2 years to not breastfeed the child anymore and then the child will adapt to that and that's the same thing with you your nafs is like that you can stop and bring an uh, uh, end to your wasting of time. And trust me, it can happen as long as you have the mindset and the determination and the willingness to do it. وَلِذَلِكَ Muhammad ibn Abdul Baqi al-Bazzar, he said, مَا ضَيَّعْتُ سَاعَةً مِنْ عُمْرِي I never wasted a moment of my life. I never wasted it. Abu al-Wafa ibn Aqilin who wrote 800 volumes in a kitab called Al-Funun. And the scholars, they said it's lost. It's from the books which are lost. 800 volumes he wrote in a kitab called Funun. And then he said, It is not permissible for me to waste any moment in my life. He said that the time that I hated the most was when I had to eat. The time in which I had to eat and sit down and eat with the family and whatnot, he said, this is the time I hated, I hated the most. And it's important that you value your time. Because you know what you are? You are time that came together. That's who you are. It is time that accumulated, that made you who you are now. And it is time that makes you or breaks you. And every single body will treat you in accordance to how you treat time. The value of others will be based upon how you honor your time. And how you value your time. 
If you lost money, it will come back. If you lost time, it will never come back. وَلِذَلِكَ the poet, he said, وَالنَّفْسُ And the Sheikh is going to bring it. وَالنَّفْسُ أَنفُسُ مَا عُنِيتَ بِحِفْظِهِ وَأَرَاهُ أَسْهَلَ مَا عَلَيْكَ يَضِيعُ Time is the most valuablest of things. It's the greatest of things. And it's the thing that the people waste the most. It's the thing that is most valuable. And it's the easiest wasted thing. And that people give less consideration to it. A student of knowledge does not waste his time. A Muslim doesn't waste his time. The Prophet told us, A person's legs will not move from his position the day of judgment until you are asked three questions. And from the questions that you are asked are what? An umrihi fima afna. The time that you spent. Abdullah ibn Abbasin he said, if a white hair comes into your bed, it's a sign Allah is telling you, subhanahu wa ta'ala, that your time is over. That your time is about to finish. That your, your time to leaving this world is coming to an end. You're basically expiring. Allah said in the Quran, أَوَلَمْ نُعَمِّرْكُمْ مَا يَتَذَكَّرُ فِيهِ مَنْ تَذَكَّرَ وَجَاءَكُمُ النَّذِيرُ عبدالله بن عباس النذير هو الشيب The warner that is mentioned in the verse is that white hair in the beard or in the head. It doesn't matter. Your time is coming to an end. Some of the Salaf, they said, the reason why Allah placed the white in the beard and in the head was because the people were heedless of time and there was no other way to remind them to become heedless and to remember except through the white, the whiteness that entered the beard and the whiteness that enters the hair. Because people don't care. People are heedless. They're unaware of what's taking place. So Allah, His mercy was what? To give you another thing to remind you which is to place whiteness, a white, a grey hair in your head. So take your time serious. Some of them reached a time, how much they used to honour their time and how much they valued their time, that even when they were eating, they had somebody read on them. They don't want to waste time. When they're eating, they'll say somebody eat, read on me, hey? and they want to listen. Hey? فلقد كان أحمد بن سليمان البلقاسي المتوفى عن ثمانية أحمد بن سليمان البلقاسي رحمه الله was an imam من أئمة الحفاظ and a great noble imam look what he said المتوفى عن ثمانية وعشرين سنة يقرأ القراءات في حال أكله خوفا من ضيعه علم القراءات the different recitation of the Quran was done for him while he was eating why what was he scared of أيه he was scared that he may waste his time. He's so eating that food to be what? Waste of time. While he's drinking and he's eating, while he's drinking and he's eating, somebody's reading on him. He doesn't want to waste that time. It reached even a bigger station. Some of them, when they went to the toilet, they would make somebody stand outside and read on them. While they were doing their call of nature. They, they, didn't want, they didn't want to waste time. So they would tell somebody to stand outside. And they would listen to the recitation of that knowledge. Whilst they were doing their call of nature. Why not to waste time? Imam Ibn Taymiyyah's grandfather. 
Ibn Taymiyyah's granddad. Every time he went to the toilet, he would give somebody a book and he would say, read it and raise your voice. وتجلت هذه الرعاية للوقت عند القوم رحمهم الله تعالى في معالم عدة لم يبلم تبلغها الحضارات الإنسانية قاطبة منها كثرة دروسهم فقد كان النووي يقرأ كل يوم 12 درسا على مشايخه والشوكاني صاحب نيل الأوطار تبلغ درسه في اليوم والليلة ثلاثة عشر درسا منها ما يأخذه عن مشايخه ومنها ما يأخذه عن تلامذته الإمام النووي look how much they value time and how much they used to benefit from every moment الإمام النووي each day he had 12 lessons he used to participate in every day 12 different subjects Imam al-Shawkani, the author of the kitab Nail al-Awtar, which is the sharah of al-Muntaqa by Majduddin ibn Taymiyyah, ibn Taymiyyah's granddad. He used to participate every day, 13 lessons. Shawkani rahimahullah ta'ala. Some of them he would read on a teacher, some of them his students would read on him, some of them he would benefit from others who were his contemporaries. 13 lessons a day he would go into وأربى, وأربى محمود الآلوسي يصاحب التفسير عليهم جميعا فقد كان يدرس في اليوم, في اليوم أربعة وعشرين درسا الإمام, أبو مح... الإمام محمود الآلوسي the author of the tafsir book who was from Iraq, Baghdad الإمام محمود الآلوسي رحمه الله he used to do 24 lessons a day he used to teach he used to teach every day how many lessons? 24 lessons a day. They wouldn't waste their time. No. ثم ولما اشتغل بالتفسير والإفتاء نقصت إلى ثلاثة عشر درسا. When it turned out to be tafsir, that he got told to do tafsir, and there was a gathering where he had to do ifta, meaning answering people's questions, his classes turned out to be 13. He cut down some and he made it into 13. ثم رأيت في ترجمة محمد بن أبي بكر بن جماعة أن درسه تبلغ في اليوم والليلة نحو خمسين درسا محمد بن أبي بكر بن جماعة the author of the tazkira his lessons every day was 50 درس 50 classes he would teach imagine students would come to all of those classes ومنها كثرة مدروساتهم فقد درس ابن التبان المدونة نحو ألف مرة also the way that they used to study one book and how dedicated they were to make sure that they studied that book. Ibn Tabban, the Mudawwana, he took it and he studied it a thousand times. One thousand times he done one book. وَرُبَّمَا وُجِدَ فِي بَعْضِ كُتُبِ عَبَّاسِ بِنِ الْفَارِسِيِّ بِخَطِّهِ دَرَسْتُهُ أَلْفَ مَرَّةٍ وكرر غالب بن عبد الرحمن المعروف بن عطية والد صاحب التفسير المشهور صحيح البخاري سبعمائة مرة. The عبد الغالب بن عبد الرحمن who's the father of Ibn Atiya, the author of the Muharrar al-Wajiz, the Tafsir Quran book. His father he did Sahih al-Bukhari seven hundred times. Sahih al-Bukhari how many times? Seven hundred times. Allah. ومنها كثرة مكتوباتهم فأحمد بن عبد الدائم المقدسي أحد شيوخ العلم من الحنابلة كتب بيديه ألفي مجلد ووقع مثله لابن الجوزي أحمد بن عبد الدائم المقدسي 
and Abu Al-Faraj ibn Al-Jawzi, they wrote with their hands a thousand volumes. How many? Two thousand, huh? Two thousand volumes. Al-Fay Mujallad. Two thousand volumes, they wrote it with their, one, their hand. Rahimahumullah Ibn al-Jawzi, it was mentioned that he wrote those 2,000 volumes min mahfuzatihi. Where from where? Min mahfuzatihi. Shaykh al-Islam ibn al-Qayyim mentions that in his Bada'i al-Fawaid. Min mahfuzatihi, from his memory. 2,000 volumes. And Ibn al-Jawzi, rahimahullah, was said he would sit in the masjid of Baghdad and he used to have a majlis of wa'ad, reminder and heart softening. He would sit there and he would use words, not repeat that word again in that gathering. He never used to repeat the word. He would use that word once and he would never use it again. In that gathering. And if you read his books that he wrote on wa'ad, تتعجب. the eloquency, the flow of those words and the way he spoke. رحمه الله رحمة واسعة ومنها كثرة مقرؤاتهم فابن الجوزي طالع وهو بعد في الطلب عشرين ألف مجلد ابن الجوزي he read 24,000 volumes that's how many volumes he he read ومنها كثرة شيوخهم فالذين جاوز عدد شيوخهم الألف كثير في هذه الأمة وأعجب ما ذكر أن أبا سعد السمعاني بلغ عدد شيوخه سبعة آلاف شيخ قال ابن النجار أبا سعد السمعاني أبا سعد السمعاني they said that his teachers reached 7,000 شيوخ 7,000 teachers he took from قال ابن النجار في ذيل تاريخ بغداد وهذا شيء لم يبلغه أحد ابن النجار said in his ذيل that this is something no one else has, has received 7000 is only is unique to him ومنها كثرة مسموعاتهم ومقرؤاتهم على شيوخهم من التصانيف المطولة والأجزاء الصغيرة فقد تعد بالآلاف المؤلفة كما وقع لابن السمعاني المذكور وصاحب ابن عساكر في جماعة آخرين ومنها كثرة كثرة مصنفاتهم حتى عدت ألف مصنف ألف مصنف لجماعة من علماء هذه الأمة منهم عبد الملك بن ابن حبيب عالم الأندلس وأبو الفرج بن الجوزي فاحفظ أيها الطالب وقتك فلقد أبلغ الوزير الصالح بن هبيرة في نصح في نصحك بقوله والوقت أنفس ما عنيت بحفظه وأراه وأراه أسهل ما عليك يضيع الخاتمة إلى هنا بلغ القول التمام وحسن قطع وحسن قطع الكلام بالختام فيا شد فيا شدات العلم وطلابه ويا قصاد الفقه وأربابه امتثلوا معاقد التعظيم وأنتم تقبلون على مقاعد التعليم تجدون نفعه وتحمدوا عاقبته وإياكم والتهاون بها والعزه والعزوف والعزوف عنها فإنها مفتاح العلم ومرقاة الفهم فبما فبها تجمع العلوم وتجمع العلوم 
فبها تجمع العلوم وتؤصل وبها تيسر الفنون وتحصل فشمروا عن ساعد الجد ولا تشغلوا بمعية الجد واحفظوا رحمكم الله تعالى قول أبي عبد الله بن القيم طالب النفوذ إلى الله والدار الآخرة بل إلى كل علم وصناعة ورئاسة بحيث يكون رأسا في ذلك مقتديا به فيه يحتاج أن يكون شجاعا مقداما حاكما على وهمه غير مقهور تحت سلطان تخيله زاهدا في كل ما سوى مطلوبه عاشقا لما توجه إليه عارفا بطريق الوصول إليه والطرق القواطع عنه مقدام الهمة ثابت الجأش لا يثني لا يثنيه عن مطلوبه لو ملائم ولا عذل عاذل كثير السكون دائم الفكر غير مائل مع لذة المدح مع مع لذة المدح ولا ألم الذي ولا ولا ألم ولا ألم الذم قائما بما يحتاج إليه من أسباب معونته لا تستفزه المع المعارضات شعار شعاره الصبر وراحته التعب محبا لمكارم الأخلاق حافظا لوقته لا يخالط الناس إلا على حذر كالطائر الذي يلتقط الحب بينهم قائما على نفسه بالرغبة والرهبة طامعا في نتائج الاختصار على بني جنسه غير مرسل, مرسل, غير مرسل شيئا من حواسه عبثا ولا مسرحا خواطره في مراتب الكون وملاك ذلك هجر العوائد وقطع العلائق الحائلة بينك وبين المطلوب انتهى كلامه فما أجمله ذكرى وتبصرة اللهم يستر لنا تعظيم العلم وإجلاله وجعل لنا ممن سعى له كذلك فناله اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا ونعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعملا اللهم اقسم لنا من خشيتك ما تحول به بيننا وبين معصيتك ومن طاعتك ما تبلغنا به جنتك ومن اليقين ما تهون به علينا مصائب الدنيا اللهم متعنا بأسماعنا وبصهرنا وقوتنا أبدا ما أحيي وجعله الوارث منا اللهم لا تجعل الدنيا أكبر همنا ولا مبلغ علمنا ولا إلى النار مصيرنا ولا تسلط علينا من لا يخافك فينا ولا يرحمنا إن شاء الله تم الشرح في ثلاثة مجالس وفينش تشرح in three sets صح بإذن الله الكريم سوفينش كتاب تعظيم العلم and now gonna go to the شرح of the 42 hadith and the 8 of ابن رجب الحنبلي Anything which I have said that was wrong or incorrect is from me and Shaytan and Allah and His Messenger are free from it. Subhanak Allahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayh. الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد سم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحديث الحادي عشر عن أبي محمد الحسن بن علي بن أبي طالب صفة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وريحانته رضي الله عنهما قال حفظت من رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم 
This hadith is narrated from Abi Muhammad Al-Hasan ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib Sibti Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama wa rayhanatihi He was the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's what? Grandson Al-Hasan ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib and Al-Hasan ibn Ali, the Prophet sallallahu he said, إِنَّ بْنِي هَذَا سَيِّدٌ وَسَيُصْلِحُ اللَّهُ بِهِ بَيْنَ فِئَتَيْنِ عَظِيمَتَيْنِ مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ إِنَّ بْنِي هَذَا سَيِّدٌ The Prophet said about Hassan, my son here will be a master, he's a Sayyid. وَسَيُصْلِحُ اللَّهُ بِهِ And through him, Hassan ibn Ali, Allah is going to bring together what? فِئَتَيْنِ عَظِيمَتَيْنِ مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ Two big parties of Muslims are going to come together because of him. And this is when Ali ibn Abi Talib and Muawiyah fought and Ali passed away or he was killed by the Khawarij and Al-Hassan ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib radiyallahu ta'ala anhu he came into position and he realized there is a way he can solve this problem. He's the cousin of the Prophet. He's a son. He's a grandson of the Prophet. And what did he do? Al Hassan ibn Ali took his riding beast from Al Iraq, and he went to Damascus. 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 Who was there? Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan, and he said, Muawiyah, I have left leadership, everything for you. I, I won't do anything run the Muslims now I've left it for you and you can run it two noble companions radiallahu anhum Muawiyah radiallahu anhu he ran the Muslim world for 10 years with peace and tranquility and greatness if that didn't take place from one of the companions if one of them didn't give up and give in Bloodshed would have become what? And this is a character that people need to learn. That sometimes, let go. Hold on to something. What do you do? Just let go. Because of a great benefit. Even if it means you have to step down from something, give it. And that's what the Prophet meant. And in this hadith, there's a fa'idah, which is the Prophet ﷺ, he said, وَسَيُصْلِحُ اللَّهُ بِهِ so the Prophet referred to both parties as what? Muslims. Even though they were fighting one another, he referred to them as what? So none of them were non-Muslims. Naam. Then the hadith says, حَفِظْتُ I memorized from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam دَعْلِيب مَا يَرِيبُكَ That which brings doubt to your heart إِلَى مَا لَا يَرِيبُكَ To that which doesn't bring doubt to your heart. So this hadith teaches us the things al-waridatul qalbiya as Ibn al-Qayyim called it. The things that come to the heart are two types. Al-warid al-ladi yuribuk Something that brings doubt to your heart. That's the first thing that comes to the heart. It's doubt. It brings shak. Was this the case or not? The second one is al-warid something that comes to your heart al-ladi la yuribu qalbak But it doesn't bring doubt to your heart. 
you don't get doubt from it. Something comes to your heart, it, bring, it, it strengthens your opinion. And it, ma- it makes your heart even more convinced and determined. So what do you do when the doubt one comes? You go to what is there, that is what? Certainty. And you leave off the arrayb. You leave off the, um, the doubt and the shak. So two things. Where do you leave off the, the doubtful one and where do you go to? That which you are. And the scholars, they take from this qa'id al-fiqiyah that we mentioned previously in Kitab al-Qawaid. In Qawaid al-fiqiyah. Which is what? Al-yaqeenu la yuzalu. Ama al-yaqeenu yuzalu. Ama al-shakku la yazulu. What is it? Al-yaqeenu la yuzalu bil-shakki. Ama la yazulu bil-shakki. Both ways you can say it. Al-yaqeenu certainty cannot be removed with what? Doubt. Somebody's in the middle of the prayer. And then doubt comes to him, whispers. Did you just pass wind or not? You're not going to leave it. You have certainty already there. What is the certainty? That I had wudu. I'm sure I did wudu. And I'm sure I had wudu. I am now doubtful whether that certainty has gone or, or not. I'm not going to leave it unless a, another certainty removes it. What is the next other certainty? Certainty. Until you hear a noise or you smell it. Another certainty has to remove it. A man says, he calls you and he says, ah, I think I divorced my wife. Why? Whispers of shaitan. I, I was angry. I don't know if I said I divorced you or not. Are you sure that you married your wife? Of course I'm sure. He says, yes, of course I was. There was shuhud, there was witnesses, and of course I was sure I married my wife. Okay, if you're sure that you married your wife, this doubt cannot remove that certainty. It cannot remove that. It cannot remove the certainty. So the person leaves off that doubt and they go towards they go towards the certainty. Now من حسن الإسلام المرء تركه ما لا يعني الحديث الثاني عشر the twelfth hadith is أبو هريرة narrated that the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم he said من حسن إسلام المرء one of the excellence of a person's Islam is تركه ما لا يعنيه to leave off that which that which doesn't concern you if something does not concern you what do you do you leave off you leave it off. Something doesn't benefit you. There is no good in it for you. Don't talk about it. Don't indulge. The things that benefit you are two. The things that are benefiting you are how many? Two things. The first one is masalih dunyawi, worldly benefit. It concerns me. It's my business, my affairs, it's my job. I have to have a meeting. Of course I'm going to talk about it. Of course I'm going to indulge. Masalih dunyawi. And the second one is masalih ukhrawi. Masalih ukhrawi means hereafter benefits. It's benefits connected to the hereafter. If something hasn't got any worldly benefit for you, and it doesn't also have any hereafter benefits, don't indulge into it. 
Are we all together, brothers? Okay. The thing is either number one, min al muharramat, from the haram. It is things that are haram. Then it is wajib for you to leave it. It's from the muharramat. So people are sitting here and they're talking about filthy things. The hadith encompasses it. Min husn al-islam al-mar tarkum alayani. It doesn't benefit your dunya, nor does it benefit your hereafter. And you have to abandon this place. Because it's min al-muharramat. The second one is al-makruhat. Al-makruhat means it's dislike things they're talking about. It's not haram necessarily. But it's what? Dislike things that they're talking about. Things that are disliked. Number three is al-mushtabihat. It's ambiguous. I'm not sure. Is it good or is it bad? Which one of it is? Is min al-mushtabihat. It's unclear to you. Are we all together, brothers? The fourth one is also fudulul mubahat. This thing is permissible. But it's from what? You're going overboard on the mubahat. Some people are joking. Their joke is not haram. They're, to joke sometimes, no problem. But they're going overboard. To laugh is not a problem. But they're laughing too much. It's going overboard with the what? That which is mubah. It's also... Those four, leave them all. If they are... Min al-muharramat, you have to leave it. If it's from the mukruhat, leave it. If it's not clear to you, leave it. If it's fudul al-mubahat, it's just overboard. Are you with me, brothers? Also, leave it. The hadith encompasses those four. Naam. عن أبي حمزة أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه خادم رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه رواه البخاري ومسلم الحديث الثالث عشر This is the thirteenth hadith Abi Hamza Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu ta'ala anhu he said Khadim Rasulillahi Anas ibn Malik was what? He was a slave for the Prophet how many years? For 10 years. That the Prophet said, La yu'minu, he's not a believer. Learn and remember this. The negation of Iman in the Quran and the Sunnah, it comes in two ways. The negation, Nafiul Imani, fi nususil wahiyayn. The negating of Iman comes in the Quran and the Sunnah in one of two ways. The first one is Nafyu Aslihi. Nafyu, Nafyu Aslihi. Negating the Iman in totality. Completely negating the Iman from the people. And this means that the person is not a Muslim. That's one. It's Nafyu Aslihi. It's negating the person's Iman in totality. Meaning he's a disbeliever. The second type of negation is Nafyu Kamalihi Wajib. Nafyu Kamalihi Wajib. It is negating the completeness of the Iman. What is it negating? The is the word completeness an English word? 
I know completion is an English word. But is completeness an English word? It's not an English word, right? Entirety. Sometimes I do that. I make up my own words. Okay. So, nephew kamalihi is two types. Are you with me, brothers? Nephew kamalihi is how many types? Two types. One is kamaluhul wajib. The kamaluhul wajib, the second type that I mentioned is how many types? A and? A and? B. The first one is the iman is complete, but it's the negation of completeness is what? I mean the, the, the negation of the wholeness. Is that a word as well? I'm looking for, I need the word, something that can take ness as a suffix. I need that because the, the word, Kamalul Wajib is like that. English is a language you, you can play around with. It has no Quran or Sunnah protecting it. So, no problem. So you can add a suffix or a prefix to the word if you feel like it. Don't worry, do it, inshallah ta'ala. No going to hold you account for it. So, the kamal here, the complete essence of iman is of two types. Number one is that which is obligatory, wajib. And that which is mustahab. And we mentioned that last week. How did we mention it? We said that the wajib is like somebody losing their limbs. That's obligatory. You need your limbs, true or false. But you're going to die. Look, the human, how many we break them into? Three. If somebody stabs you in the heart, what's going to happen to you? You'll die. If somebody cuts your hand off, or your arm, or your leg, are you going to die? No. If somebody shaves your hair. So the first one is called asal. It's a fundamental thing. For me to exist, the heart is asal. If it goes, I'll die. The kamaluhul wajib is my arm. It's wajib. I need it. I can't write anymore. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to feel pain. I'm going to... Mustahab means what? It's like your hair. If you lose your hair, you still... You may not be able to get married quickly. Yeah? But you have what? So the iman when it comes to negation is these three. It can be one of these three can be negated. Lakin the Quran and the Sunnah never negate the third one, which is Kamaluhu Kamaluhu Mustahab, the hair. The iman that's negated is never the mustahab. It's either asluh or wajib. So La Yumun Ahadukum here the Iman is negated. Which one is it? The wajib. Because you're still a believer, you're not a disbeliever. But it's like you lost your hand. This person's crippled. Are we all together? So La Yumun Ahadukum that one of you is not a believer. Kamaluhul wajib. Is what the uh, is being negated here. Hatta yuhibba until he loves. For his brother, that which he loves for? That which he loves for himself. What is it that it means I have to love for you? Worldly issues or hereafter affairs? Yeah? Are we all together? Is this hadith talking about worldly issues or is it talking about religious issues? No, it's talking about religious issues. That you love for your brother religious issues. Are we all together? 
It is not talking about It's not talking about worldly issues Does that make sense? Because no one wants you to have his wife Sah? And this hadith does not It doesn't take that The hadith it doesn't fall under that So that's important to understand Now. الحديث الرابع عشر عن ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يحل دم امرئ مسلم إلا بإحدى ثلاث السيب الزاني والنفس بالنفس والتارك لدينه المفارق للجماعة رواه البخاري ومسلم This hadith the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said three times which the blood of the Muslim is what? Three times when the blood of a Muslim is It can be spilt by the Muslim Qadi, judge After the court has passed the law And the investigation has been done And it has been revised And it has been looked into It's not an individual implementation and execution It is done through a court The time it's permissible for them is one of these three Number one If he what? The word zani here doesn't mean zina with a woman. What does it mean? It means intihakul farjil haram ama ityanu biqawail haja to fulfill your desires. So even the opposite gender as the same gender will fall under there. Homosexuality homosexual activity will fall under this one. It is anyone who fulfills his sexual desires with what? In that which is haram. That's, his, that's what scholars mention. But if it's with a woman, he has to have gone through a marriage. If he never got married and he does zina with a woman, then he gets lashed. He doesn't get killed. He gets what? Lashed. But if he has been married previously, and he may not be married at that moment, he divorced his wife, he's not married, he's single. But because he went through marriage, he will be what? He will be killed. Second one is, when nafs will be nafs, if he kills another person. If he kills another person, which is, safku damil haram. And the blood that he spills here, scholars mention, it has to be muslimun mutakafi'un. Muslimun mutakafi'atun. Muslim, Muslim What does it mean? The blood he spilled has to be a Muslim. So if a Muslim kills a non-Muslim, even if that Muslim was a dhimmi or musta'min or a mu'ahid, he's not killed for it. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, لا يقتل مؤمن أما لا يقتل مسلم بكافرين. Like in the leader can imprison him, the leader can lash him, the leader can give him a life sentence, no problem. But he can't kill him. He can't. Kill him. The reason is because this is a Muslim. The second is mutakafi'atun. Mutakafi'ah means what? This Muslim is a slave and this Muslim is a what? He's a free Muslim. They're not equal. So if he kills him, they say it's not. It doesn't fall under the hadith. That's a look. In, it requires a second look. That's qawl. Third one is tariku dini wa mufaraqatul jama'ah. The person leaves the religion. Apostasy In the religion of Islam is what? It's an execution based on the hadith Based on 
based on the hadith. And what does it mean apostasy from the religion? It means the person leaves the deen of Islam and some of the scholars, they said, even if he leaves the sunnah. And he's a mubtadi'ah. So the mufarak, the hadith, the ta- to where it says, tarkuddini wa mufaraqatuhu, leaving the religion. Also they said, if he leaves the sunnah to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, walidharika ba'du ahli al-bid'ah were killed. Some of the innovators were killed at the time of the salaf. Naam. So these three are not the only three times, but they are three fundamental, which the majority will go back to. It either be under one, under one of their three. Are we all together, brothers? And the religion, this is the Sharia ruling in this matter. As every country has their own constitutions and their own laws, the deen of Allah, this is his rules. Some countries like America, treason is a what? Treason is what? If you come with treason, then you are what? You're killed. In an Islam, the same way you do killing with treason, that's your choice. Apostasy, Islam kills. And that is what? You know, recently, I, I don't know if you guys saw, you know this fiasco that happened, which is the Me Too. Have you heard of it? The Me Too. That was going out. Which is that every celebrity or actors or ma'ila dalik have been accused of what? Molesting a woman or whatnot. And so everyone would say, me too, he did this to me, me too, me too. And you know what it led to? SubhanAllah, this is the fiqh I want to take out of it, a benefit. It reached a point where the actors, directors, CEOs started to make a decision that they're not going to free mix. They're not going to shake the hand of the opposite gender. They're not going to be in a room or in a car with a woman alone. 1,400 years ago, Allah was telling you to do that. Sahih. Me too hashtag would not have come. Don't be in a room with a woman alone. Don't shake her hand. Don't do... Now they are following the hukum of Allah. Why are they doing it? Are you with me? And now they're realizing the hukum of Allah is making sense. Now. عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من كان يؤمن بالله واليوم الآخر فليقل خيرا أو ليصمت ومن كان يؤمن بالله واليوم الآخر فليكرم جاره ومن كان يؤمن بالله واليوم الآخر فليكرم ضيفه رواه البخاري ومسلم The Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم in this hadith he said anyone who believes in Allah and he believes in the what? He believes in the day of judgment. Let him come with three noble characteristics. Three great... Do you believe in Allah? Do you believe in the day of judgment? Do you know that you're going to be questioned Imam Allah Ta'ala the day of judgment? If you say yes to that, three characteristics have to be found in you. Number one, قَوْلُ khair, Say a statement of truth or be quiet. Say a statement of truth and good or be silent. Number two, ikramul jar. Honor your neighbors. Honor the people who are next to your neighbor. The Prophet said, Wallahi la yu'min. Wallahi la yu'min. Wallahi la yu'min. Man la ya'manu jaruhu bawa'iqah. The Prophet said, Wallahi is not a believer. Wallahi is not a believer. Wallahi is not a believer. The Prophet said it three times. The one who is neighbor 
does not find safety from him. Your, your neighbor is suffering from you. Your, the television, the, you know, what you're listening to, and this and that. Your neighbors, at night they're having a hard time. You're not a true believer, Allah. The third one is, Ikram al-Dayf. If a guest comes to your place, you give them a VIP service. You honor them. You take care of them. You stop everything for them and you give them the time they need. For the period of time that they're with you. Or else, you're not a believer of Allah and the day and the day of judgment. These are three noble characteristics. The guests are two types. The guests are two types. A person who lives in the same country as you, but he comes from Ajman, for example, and you're in Dubai. But he's in the UAE, but he's from Ajman. Are we all together? He came and he visited you. This individual, he's called a Zair, a visitor. He's a what? He's a visitor. He's called a visitor. Number two, So the first one is somebody who came from where? He's from the same country as you Or he may not even be from the same country as you He may be the first one He may even be from another country Are we all together? He came But he's not intending you He's come for other purposes, other things Are we all together? And then he said, oh by the way Fulan is in the country oh, I, I, I should go and visit him so what does he do? He comes and he He visits you Number two The second one is A person Who left their place of residency Wherever it may be Within the same country as you Or in an, They came from another country The only reason why they left their place of residency Is you They had no other intention Just you are you with me brothers? The scholars they say The first one you could say I'm busy The first one Who came for other purposes But he wants to come and see you on the way He's a za'ir You can say to him I'm busy If you are busy and you have other things to do You can do ta'abbur And say I'm busy right now Is, Can you postpone another meeting process Another time or Don't worry I'll see you on another time Like in the one who left his dar, his place of residence, or where he was at, qasda laka for you, this one is wajib for you to stop everything. You have to. It is wajib for you to what? For you to honor him, and take care of him, and look after him. Naam. Al-Hadith al-Sadis ashar عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه أن رجلا قال للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أوصني قال لا تغضب فردد مرارا قال لا تغضب رواه البخاري A man came to the Prophet and he said يا رسول الله or Messenger of Allah أوصني advise me what did the Prophet say to him what did he say to him do not become don't be angry. Uh, yeah. Is that possible from anybody not to be ever not to be angry? 
Is there anyone on the face of this earth who would never be angry? So why would the Prophet say to the companion something that's impossible? He said, don't be angry. And there's no one ala which ardi doesn't get angry. He meant, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, two things. The two things are what? Number one, stay away from whatever would lead you to becoming angry. There is an individual you know, he always makes you angry, he always leads you to a frustrated situation, abstain from him, avoid him. Or anything that will bring that anger come out, stay away from it. The second one is, if you do become angry, if you do become angry, and the anger comes, then do not do what it's calling you to. Do not execute that feeling that you feel at that moment. Do not execute the feeling that you have at that moment. Rather, if you are standing, sit down. If you're sitting down, lie down. As the sunnah is. Don't execute your anger. Especially a lot of individuals, they divorce their wives when they are what? Angry. And they call you and they say, I divorced my wife. Is, can you help me, Shaykh? And then you tell him, Do you know that you divorced your wife? And he says, Basically, but you just called me and you said to me, I divorced my wife. Huh? Because the anger is two types an anger where the person becomes. The anger reaches a point where the person doesn't know what's happening around them. And the scholars, they give this to hukum of a person who is what? Majnoon. Marfu'ul qalam. The pen is lifted from you at that moment. Whatever you say is not held account for you. That's a junoon. It's, you're, going, you're going crazy now. So whatever happens at this moment, shara'an, whatever comes from it, you're not going to be held account for it. And there's a second type of anger, which is every... A majority of the people who divorce their wives. Nobody smiling and laughing when they divorce their wife. So, is there? It's gonna, it's, there's a frustration here. There's an anger. There's a stress here. So you're going to be angry. But did you know what you said? Were you aware of what you were saying? Everything, you knew it. Did you choose those words? Yes. Then you are not excused for that. Ibn al-Qayyim wrote a kitab called Igafatul Lafan Fi Talaq al ghadban في حكم طلاق الغضبان. He called it إغاثة اللفان في حكم طلاق الغضبان. He wrote a whole book on the issue of the divorce that comes from the one who is angry. Ibn Al-Qayyim. نعم. الحديث السابع عشر عن أبي على شداد بن أوس رضي الله عنه عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إن الله كتب الإحسان على كل شيء فإذا قتلتم فأحسنوا القتلة وإذا ذبحتم فأحسنوا الذبحة وليحد أحدكم شفرته فليرح ذبيحته رواه مسلم This hadith the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said إن الله عز وجل الله عز وجل كتب الإحسان على كل شيء Allah placed إحسان over everything excellence and good dealings with everything the, the word kataba 
How many ways does it come in the Quran and the Sunnah? In two ways. Are we all together? Two ways. The first one is Kataba, which means Shara'a. Allah legislated. Kataba, which means Allah legislated. Okay? This one is the one Allah used in the ayah, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, kutiba, kutiba alaykum usiyamu kama kutiba ala alladina, ay furida. The fasting has been made obligatory on you. This one is legislated on you. The second type is an takuna al kitaba qadariyah. That it's a universal. Allah universally had made this happen. And He is ordained universally for this to happen. It's not legislation, it's just universally. And the hadith can take both of those wordings in here. Universally, Allah has placed over everything excellency, universally. That they are excellent towards each other. Allah universally did that, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everyone here knows when they oppress somebody, something's wrong. Everyone understands. Second one is, shari'yan, Allah legislated, subhanahu wa ta'ala, excellence towards everything. Are we all together? Excellence towards everything. The way you deal with it. And this hadith mentioned the concept of what? It mentioned animals. The Prophet said, If you're going to slaughter an animal and you want to eat it, or you're going to kill it, an animal, or you're going to slaughter it, perfect the way you do it. Don't get a rusty blade that doesn't work and the animal is making noise and an animal is not alive, is not dead, you're killing it. Make, the, make sure, number one, that the blade or the object that you're going to use is fast and quick. Number two is what? Don't do it in the presence of his mother or, or his parents. Or, or. The slaughtering animal, the other one's watching. And the other one's watching. And the other one's watching. And they're all looking at each other being killed. This is not from the Ihsan. Are you with me? Also, what is not from the Ihsan is that the animal sees the blood when he comes to the place that he's going to get slaughtered. Because the one before it, blood's still there. This is not from the Ihsan. Some people think that the Quran and the Sunnah didn't give importance to animals. Scholars, early scholars wrote books on animal rights. Sakhawi has a book on animal rights. And Ibn Imad has a kitab on animal rights. Have Islam about, spoke about it before? The excellence that should be shown to the animals. Sharpen the object and make the, the slaughtering Something which is uh, fast. Now, Al Hadith is Samin Asher, An Abi the Rinjundu Bibni Junada, and Abi Abdur Rahmani Muad Ibni Jabal in Rodia Law, one whom our Rasulilla, he saw the law, he was a lamacol. It took a la haisuma kunt, what be a say at Al Hassan at the Tamhuha, Hassan. رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن وفي بعد النسخ حسن صحيح أبي ذر جند بن جنادة 
وأبي عبد الرحمن معاذ بن جبل رضي الله تعالى عنهما both of them they said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi said three things in this hadith the Prophet said what? three things the first one is ittaqillaha haythuma kunt be conscious of Allah azza wa jalla wherever you are wherever you are be conscious have taqwa of Allah have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whose rights is this one? the rights of Allah the hadith mentioned the first one, the rights of Allah. The second one is, وَأَتْبِعِ السَّيِّئَةَ الْحَسَنَةَ تَمْحُهَا If you do a mistake, and a shortcoming comes from you, follow it up with a good. If you did something that was wrong, follow it up with what? Whose rights is this one? Yourself. The rights that your body has on you. Because brothers, Sins affect the body. Yes, it does. People who do sins, Allah darkens their face. The same way that the people who are obedient to Allah Azza wa Jalla, who follow the religion of Allah Azza wa Jalla, Allah makes them glow. Allah gives them nur come from them. Okay? The third one is what? وَأَتْبِعِ السَّيِّئَةَ الْحَسَنَةَ تَمْحُوهَا وَخَالِقِ النَّاسَ بِخُلُقٍ حَسَنٍ Deal with the people in what? In good manners. And the pillars of manners, brothers, is compiled in this, had- in this ayah. The usul, the foundations of good manners is found in this ayat, these two ayahs. خُذِ الْعَفْوَ وَأْمُرْ بِالْعُرْفِ وَأَعْرِضْ عَنِ الْجَاهِلِينَ وَإِمَّا يَنْزَغَنَّكَ الشَّيْطَانُ نَزْغٌ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ Four things. The ayah, the, the ayah mentions the principles of good manners. خُذِ الْعَفْوَ be a person who is forgiving. Take forgiveness with you. All the time when people do a mistake, Akhi, don't worry. Don't worry. No more, inshallah. Be forgiving. Always just forgive. Forgive. Why? Because you yourself are doing mistakes to Allah and you want Allah to forgive you. Why can't you forgive the creation? It's a hypocrisy on your side. You want Allah to forgive you for what you did wrong. So forgive the creation. خُذِ الْعَفْوَ وَأْمُرْ بِالْعُرْفِ Call to the good. Tell the people about the good that you learned. The khair that's out there. Don't hide the truth from the people. And be stingy with it. Tell the people about it. Number three. Turn away from the ignorant one. Who insults you. Who name calls you. Look at him. And just leave him. Don't go into it. The reason is because the minute you start talking to him. You steep to his level. What do you do? You steep to his level. You become like him. Are we all together? The fourth one is وَإِمَّا يَنْزَغَنَّكَ الشَّيْطَانُ نَزْغٌ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ وَإِمَّا يَنْزَغَنَّكَ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ نَزْغٌ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ If shaytan brings a, khil, a problem between you and a brother of yours and shaytan tries to get something from it, what do you do? فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ if you're, you're seeing yourself having a dispute with a, a beloved individual to you, what do you say? You say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaytan How many pillars did we take from there? Yeah? How many did we mention? We mentioned, I'm talking about the good manners from the ayah that we took. First one is to forgive. The second one is what? 
Yeah? It's to call to the good, right? The third one was what? Turn away if the person is speaking in, uh, in a wrong way to you and he's dealing with you in a bad way. Turn away. The fourth one was what? Seek refuge in Allah Azza wa Jalla from the shaitan. These four are the pillars, Ibn Taymiyyah said, of good manners. Pillars of good akhlaq. Are you with me, brothers? Each one, there's so much sharah and explanation and fawaid that can be brought, that can be brought out of it and examples of the salaf. So, وَخَالِقِ nasa بِخُلُقٍ hasan. Deal with the people in what? With good manners. Brothers, good manners, good manners. Good manners is very important. Wallah is not beneficial and it is of no value if you have good aqidah but you have no good manners. It's not enough. It's not enough. Even if your aqidah is ala tariqatil anbiya'i wal rusul but you are of bad manners what khair are you going to bring? Walidhalika the salaf when they realize that they saw it to be very important that they bring good aqidah and at the ending of the aqidah books all of the scholars what did they mention? They speak about your actions and the way you carry yourself. They bring in the salah in there, shortening the prayer. They also bring in there how to deal with the Muslims. We're going to see the Aqidah al-Wasatiyah. What did I just call the book? At the ending, Ibn Taymiyyah will see it. He brings good manners in there. And the person asked him about the Aqidah to Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. What did he mention there? Good manners. Good manners. So you have to have good manners in the way that you deal with others because people will remember that people will remember that now al-hadith al-tasi'a ashar an abil abbas abdillah ibn abbas radiyallahu anhuma qal kuntu khalfan nabiyya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yawman faqal ya ghulamu inni u'allimka kalimat ihfaz allaha yahfazka ihfaz allaha tajidhu tujahak idha sa'alta fas'al allaha wa idha sta'anta fasta'in billah wa'alam anna al-ummata law ijtama'at ala an yanfa'uka bi shay'in lam yanfa'uka illa bi shay'in qad katabaha allahu lak وإن اجتمعوا على أن يضروك بشيء لم يضروك إلا بشيء قد كتبه الله عليك رفعت الأقلام وجفت الصحف رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن صحيح وفي رواية غير الترمذي احفظ الله تجده أمامك تعرف إلى الله في الرخاء يعرف يعرفك في الشدة وعلم أن ما أخطأك لم يكن ليصيبك وما أصابك لم يكن ليخطيك وعلم أن النصر مع الصبر وأن الفرج مع الكرب وأن مع العسر يسرى This حديث عبد الله بن عباس he said كنت خلف النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يوما I was behind the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم How old was عبد الله بن عباس when the Prophet died? 13. Some said 15 and some said 17. He was young. Sahih? And the Prophet ﷺ didn't dismiss him. That's a good manners. He's a young boy. The Prophet gave him an attention. To show you that he spoke to the seniors, he spoke to the young, he spoke to everybody. He said, Ya Ghulam, inni u'alimuka kalimat. Ihfadillah tajidhu tujag. 
إذا سألت فاسأل الله وإذا استعنت فاستعن بالله مثل ما ينغ بوي يا غلام إني أعلمك كريمات I am going to teach you what? Words What did he tell him to do to those words? He told him to memorize it The importance of what? The importance of memorizing He told him memorize it إني أعلمك كريمات I'm going to give you these words that I'm going to say to you. Memorize it, he said to him. Keep it with you. He told him they're going to be karimat. What are karimat? He's trying to say to him, don't worry, it's not going to be a long lecture. It's going to be karimat. Are you with me, brothers? It's to tell the person it's going to be something very short. What did he say? Protect Allah's religion and the boundaries Allah set. What is Allah going to do for you? He's going to what? He's going to protect you. For Allah to protect us, what do we first need to come with? What do we first have to protect? The boundaries and the religion. We have to stay within the boundaries. This qa'idah you have to remember is common in the Quran. In If you give victory to Allah Ta'ala's religion and you aid it and you support it, Allah will give you aid and support. It's the qa'idah which the scholars called al-jaza'u min jinsi al-amal. What you do is what you get. So don't expect Allah to aid you and support you and protect you and give you what you want. But you are mudayya' al-hududillahi. Are we all together? I ask you brothers, because I'm not going to go into too much details in this hadith, there's a kitab called Iqtibas It's called What's it called? Iqtibas Mishkat al-Masra The name of the kitab by Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali What is it called? I think it's called Iqtibas al-Mishkat Fi wasiyyat al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Abbas it's called Iqtibas al-Mishkat Fi wasiyyat al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ibn Abbas Basically, Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali He took this hadith and he explained it In one little book I'll advise you to go and read it, please Wallahi, the things that he mentions in there is something else Go to this We may have to, to We could do a conference on just this hadith by itself Fawaid Benefits on it then he told him, If you ask, ask Allah. If you're seeking aid, seek aid from Allah. Keep this in mind, brothers. If the whole of the ummah come together to harm you, Wallahi, they can't harm you if Allah hasn't written it for you. And if the ummah come together to benefit you, Wallahi, they can't benefit you unless, unless Allah has written it for you. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything is in whose hands? It's not in the hands of the creation. The person that you're begging is not in their hands. It's in whose hands? Allah Azza wa Jalla. Al-Hadith Al-Ishroon An Abi Mas'ud Yaqbat Ibn Amrin Al-Ansari Al-Badri Radiyallahu Anhu Qal Qal Rasulullah Sallallahu Alayhi Wa Sallam Inna Mimma Adarak Al-Nasu Min Kalam Al-Nubuwa Al-Ula Iza Lam Tastahif Asna' Ma Shait Rawahu Al-Bukhari Abi Mas'ud, Uqbat ibn Amirin al-Badri, al-Ansari al-Badri, he said that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, if you are not shy, 
sorry, from the early statements that were taken in the Mimma Adraka Nas min Kalamin Nubuatil Ula, the statements that were taken from the previous nations, from the previous prophets, was what? If you are not shy, then do what you want. Are you with me, brothers? Does that mean that the Sharia is trying to tell you you can do whatever you want? Allahu Akbar, Allah. the Messenger said, I can do whatever I want. Is that what we say? It's like when your father goes to you, hey, go out, go out, go with your friends. Hey, you can go with your friends. Does he mean go with your friends and everything's going to be good? What does he mean? If you go out with your friends, huh? The belt. So you know, like, okay, dad, I don't want to go. That's what you say, right? And it's where Allah Ta'ala, He says in the Quran, فإن, uh, He says, if you want, believe, and if you want, disbelieve. فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيُؤْمِنْ وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيَكْفُرْ إِنَّ عَتَدًا لِلظَّالِمِنَ نَارًا أَحَاطَ بِهِمْ سُرَادِقُهَا وَإِنْ يَسْتَغِيثُوا يُغَاثُوا بِمَاءٍ كَلْمُهُ لِيَشْوِ الْوُجُوهُ بِئْسَ الشَّرَابُ وَسَاءَتْ مُرْتَفَقَةً The believing and the disbelieving here is being, is being made a choice for you. صحيح? And it's not your choice. Believe or believe is still doing That's not a choice that you have here. Uh, and we're going to study that inshallah in Al-Waraqat. This hadith also benefits us that if you're not shy, there is nothing to stop you. Shyness is the thing that stops a person. And that's valuable. I couldn't do that because I was shy. Walidalika the Sahabas, the Prophet saw a companion advising another brother of his, and he was telling him, Don't be shy. Why are you being shy for? Stop being shy. And the Prophet said, What are you advising him? He said, I kept telling him, you're too shy. Stop being shy. And then he said, don't do that. Shyness does not come with except. Except good. The shyness of the Prophet ﷺ was like what? Huh? It was like a, a virgin in her inner chamber. You know, the, the house has many rooms. It's the, 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 the uh, woman who doesn't even come out to the living room. She's inside a room, inside her bedroom. Shy, she's never exposed to anybody. She doesn't know how to talk to anybody. She's so shy. That's how he was, والسلام, in his shyness. Shyness is a noble characteristic. And the shyness, brothers, is what? The Prophet ﷺ, he said, فَمَنْ إِسْتَحْيَا مِنَ اللَّهِ Anyone who's shy of Allah, فَلْيَحْفَظِ الرَّأْسَ وَمَا وَعَى the messenger said, anyone who is shy of Allah, let him protect his eyes and his ears and his mouth. And let him protect his stomach and everything in it. And let him remember death every moment that he gets. That's a person. The Prophet then said, فَمَنْ فَعَلَ ذَلِكَ فَقَدْ اِسْتَحْيَا مِنَ اللَّهِ حَقَّ الْحَيَاةِ Anyone who comes with this, then this person is truly shy of Allah a person who listens to music, a person who is speaking every bad thing that comes to their mouth, they just say it. Are they truly shy of Allah? They're not shy of Allah. So shyness here, it stops you from so much evil and so much. And today, we're in a time where our sisters and even the brothers are being stripped from this noble characteristics of being what? Shy. She's being made to feel bad and she's made to feel weak. All because of what? All because of she's shy. 
They belittle her until she thinks to herself, okay, I'm not going to be shy. And the more she goes into the bad doing, they say, you're a good girl. But in reality, when shyness goes, there is nothing left for you. Nothing left for you. Nothing can stop you. May Allah ta'ala place shyness in our hearts. الحديث الحادي والعشرون عن أبي عمرو وقيل أبي عمرة سفيان بن عبد الله رضي الله عنه قال قلت يا رسول الله قل لي في الإسلام قولا لا أسأل عنه أحدا غيرك قال قل آمنت بالله ثم نستقم رواه مسلم أبي عمر وقيل أبو عمر أبي عمرة سوري سفيان بن عبد الله which one, what was his kunya is disputed. Is it Abi Amr? Or is it Abi Amra? There's a khilaf. But it doesn't matter. The, why? The ambiguity regarding a companion, it doesn't harm us. Because all the companions are what? They're reliable. The Prophet ﷺ, a man came to him. Are you with me, brothers? And I want to say side benefits. All these narrations where you hear Ja'a rajulun ila Rasulillah A man came to the Prophet Ja'a imra'atun ila Rasulillah A woman came to the Prophet Are we all together? Imam al-Khatib al-Baghdadi What he did was He tried to investigate who is, who is this man All of those narrations Where a man came to the Prophet Or a woman came to the Prophet So what he did was He investigated who is it So he tries to find other narrations for it In other words Find other narrations where the name is mentioned And then he brings it And he wrote a book on that Imam Khatib al-Baghdadi rahimahullah so a man came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and he said to the Prophet of Allah say to me a matter in Islam that I don't need to ask anyone after you what did he say qul amantu qul amantu billahi thumma thumma istaqim say I believe in Allah and be what to be steadfast this teaches us something which is saying something requires it to be backed up. To say, I believe in Allah is not enough. It's just a claim so far. What is needed from you? Istiqama. And istiqama, what is it? It istiqama is the tongue, the heart, and the limbs are all in accordance to the legislation. That is what istiqama means. Your body parts are in line with the Quran and the Sunnah. Your tongue is in line with the Quran and the Sunnah. Your heart is in line with the Quran and the Sunnah. You're steadfast. That is what steadfast, steadfastness means. Istiqama. Umar radiallahu anhu said, Allah yarugha rawgana ta'ala. It means that the person doesn't go right or left. Straight. Naam. Al-Hadith al-Thani wal-Ishroon. عن جابر بن عبد الله الأنصاري رضي الله عنهما أن رجلا سأل رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال أرأيت إذا صليت, المك... صليت الصلوات المكتوبات وصمت رمضان وأحللت الحلال وحرمت الحرام ولم أزد على ذلك شيئا أدخل الجنة قال نعم رواه مسلم ومعنى حرمت الحرام هجتنبته the author, Rahimahullah, he brought this 20 
and Imam al-Nawiyu, hadith 22. A man came to the Prophet and he asked, he said, Ya Rasulullah, Ara'ayta, O Messenger of Allah, Ida sallaytu salawati al-maktubat, I pray five, my five daily prayers. Wasumtu Ramadan, I fast in the month of Ramadan. Wa ahlaltu al-halal, I make the halal halal. What does he mean, I make the halal halal? Nawi mentioned it to you. It means, Fa'altu mu'taqidan hillah. I say that the halal is halal in my heart. I believe it's halal. And I believe the haram is haram. And I don't add on to that. Will I enter Jannah? Yes, he will. The na'am here is a تقدير الكلام إذ إذا صليت المكتوبات وصمت رمضان وحللت الحلال وحرمت الحرام you will enter Jannah if you do that you will enter Jannah this shows us that the tahiyyah to the masjid is not wajib when you come into the masjid to pray the two rak'a sunnah is it wajib? is it wajib to pray two rak'a sunnah? it's not wajib even that though the Prophet said, If one of you comes into the masjid, he should not sit down unless he prays what? Unless he prays two rak'ah. He should not sit down unless he prays two rak'ah. This hadith is a command, true or false? This command was diverted by this hadith. To what? Recommendation. And we're going to study this more in details in Al-Waraqat. That if the Prophet commands something, the default position is that it's obligatory. Unless there comes another text and it diverts from obligation to recommendation. And this hadith is what made it. Another wording of the hadith is, Salaytu salawatil khamsa. I only pray my five daily prayers. So that makes it even more clearer, right? That's only five obligatory prayers. Because if Tahrit al-Masjid was wajib, the Prophet would have said, no, you're not going to enter Jannah. Or you forgot Tahrit al-Masjid, you have to pray, it's wajib. And we also learn that there is no fasting which is obligatory on the person, generally speaking. Are we all together? Is there? No, Ramadan is the only one. So Nazarin is not obligatory. You made it obligatory on yourself. The fasting of Nadar, when you make a promise to Allah, I promise I'm going to fast. It wasn't obligatory on you, you did it to yourself. Like in the one that Allah made obligatory on you is which one? Ramadan. Now. And this shows, if a person just sticks to the wajibah, this hadith, and doesn't do any sunnah, he will enter Jannah. Are you with me, brothers? Even if he continuously leaves the voluntary things, for all of his life he doesn't never pray qiyamul layl, he never does the rawatib, he doesn't do any sunnah, he only sticks to the wajibat. Because the man, what did he say? Walam, walam azid ala darika. I do not add on anything. I just want to do what's wajib. Sahih? You can, but then it's a, you can, but there's a thing you may suffer from, which is what? The sunnah is there to back up the, the missing things from the wajibat. So you're in trouble if something's missing later, you don't have no voluntary to help you. Now. Al-Hadith al-Thalith wal-Ishroon An Abi Malik al-Harith ibn Asim al-Ash'ari Radiyallahu anhu qal 
قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الطهور شطر الإيمان والحمد لله تملأ الميزان وسبحان الله والحمد لله تملأن أو تملأ ما بين السماء والأرض والصلاة نور والصدقة برهان والصبر ضياء والقرآن حجة لك أو عليك كل الناس يغدو فبايع, فبايع نفسه فمعتقها أو موبقها رواه مسلم أبي مالك ابن عاصم الأشعري رضي الله تعالى أبي مالك الحارث ابن عامر الأشعري رضي الله تعالى عنه يسدد الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم سد الطهور شطر الإيمان purification because the word طهور is فعل الطهارة to do the طهارة طهور is what is where you do the طهارة from the, 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 the utensils are you with me brothers if you place a fatha on the ta, what does it become? The cup and the, the place where the water is in. It's called tahur. It's the ina, right? But if you place a dhamma, if you place a dhamma on the ta, what does it become? It becomes the action. It becomes the action. Tuhuru at tuhuru shatrul iman. Cleansiness is what? It's half of your 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 iman. Alhamdulillah, what does it do? It fills the what? It fills the scale. And so does subhanallah, walhamdulillah, they also fill, alhamdulillah, subhanallah, walhamdulillah. Is it both of them or is it not? That's another discussion. But they fill the what? Between the what? The sama and the ard. They fill it. Here is a benefit, brothers, which is the, the concept of dhikr. The opportunity of always doing dhikr. The Prophet ﷺ told us in the hadith, which is the last hadith, um, Al-Imam Al-Bukhari noted in his sahih, in hadith Abi Hurairah, that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Kalimatani, two statements that the people say. What are these two statements? Khafifatani, ala lisani Thaqilatani, filmizani, Habibatani, ila rahmani Subhanallah wa bihamdi. Saying what? Subhanallah wa bihamdi. Subhanallah al-Azim. It's so light on the tongue. Heavy on the scale. And Allah loves it. And you somebody just sitting somewhere not doing nothing. Not sitting somewhere. Just do dhikr. Get a lot of things. It's, it's, it's the concept of not wasting your time. This concept of dhikr, people belittle it. But it's very, 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 very important. That you keep doing Subhanallah wa bihamdi Subhanallah al-Azim Subhanallah wa bihamdi Subhanallah al-Azim And you keep, you keep saying La ilaha illallah wa hadaw la sharika la Lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamdu wa ala kulli shayi qadir La ilaha illallah wa hadaw la sharika And you keep saying it You never know when your nafs is going to leave your body It can exit your body Let your tongue When the man came to the Prophet And he said to him Ya Rasulallah Advise me What did the Prophet say to him? Say to him La yazalu lisanaka ratwan min dhikrillah Don't let your tongue dry from the remembrance of Allah Continuously remember Allah Azza wa Jalla. Salah is nur and so sadaqah. Salah is and sadaqah is burhan, it's proof. Sabr is also light. And the Quran is hujjatul laka o alik. The Quran is either a proof for you or against you. Then the Prophet said, Kullun nasi yaghdu. Everybody leaves in the morning. Fabai'un nafsahu. Fabu'tikuha o mubikuha. Everybody leaves in the morning. Someone goes out and he frees his neck from the hellfire and another one doesn't. People are different. 
Somebody's working hard every day to make sure that he is freed from the hellfire and another one isn't. Ma'am. الحديث الرابع والعشرون عن أبي ذر الغفاري رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فيما روى عن ربه عز وجل أنه قال يا عبادي إني حرمت الظلم على نفسي وجعلته بينكم محرما فلا تظالموا يا عبادي كلكم ضال إلا من هديته فاستهدوني أهدكم يا عبادي كلكم جائع إلا من أطعمته فاستطعموني أطعمكم يا عبادي كلكم عار إلا من كسوته فاستكسوني أكسكم يا عبادي إنكم تخطئون بالليل والنهار وأنا تخطئون بالليل والنهار وأنا أغفر الذنوب جميعا فاستغفروني أغفر لكم يا عبادي إنكم لا تبلغون طري فتضروني ولا تبلغون فعي فتنفعني يا عبادي لو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم كانوا على أتقى قلب رجل واحد منكم ما زاد ذلك في ملك شيئا يا عبادي لو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم قاموا في سعيد واحد فاسألوني فأعطيت كل إنسان مسألته ما نقص ذلك مما عندي إلا كما ينقص المخية إذا أدخل البحر يا عبادي إنما هي أعمالكم أحصيها لكم ثم أوفيكم إياها فمن وجد خيرا فليحمد الله ومن وجد غير ذلك فلا يلومن إلا نفسه رواه مسلم This hadith, al-hadith al-rabi' wal-ishroon. Abi Dharri radiyallahu anhu, he said that the Prophet he narrated this from Allah. This is called hadith, hadith al-Qudsi. The Prophet he said, Allah azawajal, he said, Ya ibadi, my slaves, inni harramtu dhulma, I have prohibited oppression. Ala nafsi, myself, waja'altu baynakum, and I have made oppression haram between yourselves. Allah is saying, I made it haram on myself. No one forced Allah azawajal to make it. But look, he's saying, I'm not going to press you. Don't press each other. The one who created, who even if he oppressed us, there's no one who to complain to. He's saying, I don't oppress. And I made oppression amongst yourselves haram. Don't oppress one another. tabalamu, Ya ibadi my slaves. Kullukum dalun. All of you are misguided. Illa man hadaytu. Except the one I guide. Fastahduni. Ask me for guidance. Ahdikum, I will guide you. Ya ibadi my slaves. كُلُّكُمْ جَائِعٌ All of you are in need. You're hungry. You're in state of poverty. And you need food. جَائِعٌ إِلَّا مَنْ أَطْعَمْتُ Except the one I give nutrition and food to. فَاسْتَطْعُمُونِي Ask me for food. أُطْعِمْكُمْ I will give you food. يَا عِبَادِي مَا سْلَيْزِ كُلُّكُمْ All of you are عَارٍ You are naked. You had no clothing. إِلَّا مَنْ كَسْتَوْتُ Except the one I gave clothing to. فَاسْتَكْسُونِي Ask me for clothing. أكسكم I will give you clothing يا عبادي my slaves إنكم تخطئون بالليل والنهار day and night you guys are doing mistakes وأنا أغفر الذنوب جميعا and I forgive all the sins فاستغفروني ask me for forgiveness أغفر لكم I will forgive you يا عبادي my slaves إنكم you all لن تبلغوا ضري فتضروني you can never reach a level to harm me وَلَنْ تَبْلُغُوا And you can never reach نَفْعِي To benefit me فَتَنْفَعُونِي Then your benefit comes to me يَا عِبَادِي مَا سْلَيْفِ لَوْ أَنَّ أَوَّلَكُمْ If the first of you that was created وَآخِرَكُمْ And the last of you that was created وَإِنْسَكُمْ The human of amongst you The human beings وَجِنَّكُمْ And the jinn 
كانوا you all of you were على أتقى قلب رجل واحد منكم you had a righteous heart all of you all of you guys were pious all of you guys were from the first to the last jinn, ins, everyone ما زاد ذلك في ملك شيئا that will not increase in my kingdom it wouldn't يا عبادي my slaves لأن أولكم وآخركم if the first that was created from mankind and the last of them from the mankind all of them وَإِنْسَكُمْ وَجِنَّكُمْ The humans and the jinn, all of them. كَانُوا عَلَىٰ أَفْجَرِ قَلْبِ رَجُلٍ وَاحِدٍ مِنْكُمْ You were all criminals and you were all wrongdoers. مَا نَقَسَ ذَلِكَ مِنْ مُلْكِ شَيَاءٍ That will not reduce anything from my kingdom. It will stay the same. يَا عِبَادِي مَا يَسْرَيْزِ لَوْ أَنَّ أَوَّلَكُمْ If the first from amongst you. وَآخِرَكُمْ And the last from amongst you. وَإِنْسَكُمْ وَجِنَّكُمْ The jinn and the ins from amongst you. قَامُوا فِي صَعِيدٍ They went to an open land and they stood there. فَسَأَلُونِي And they asked me. فَأَعْطَيْتُ And then I gave. كُلَّ إِنْسَانٍ مَسْأَلَةُ Every one of them what they asked for. مَا نَقَسَ ذَلِكَ مِمَّا عِنْدِي That will not reduce from my kingdom. To give every one of the human beings. The last and the first. The jinn and the ins. If I gave every one of them, it will not reduce my kingdom and my treasures. It won't. مَا نَقَسَ ذَلِكَ مِمَّا عِنْدِي إِلَّا كَمَا يَنْقُصُ الْمِخْيَطُ Just the same way, if a needle was placed in the ocean, إِذَا أُدْخِلَ الْبَحْرَ It will not, it will not reduce from the ocean anything. يَا عِبَادِي مَا سْلَيْزِ إِنَّمَا هِيَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ The reality of the matter is your actions. Mankind, the reality of the issue is your action. أُحْسِيهَا لَكُمْ It is being documented for you. Your actions are being documented for you. ثُمَّ أُوَفِّيكُمْ إِيَّاهَا And then I'm going to hold you account for that. فَمَنْ وَجَدَ خَيْرًا Anyone who finds good فَلْيَحْمَدِ اللَّهَ Let them thank Allah Azza wa Jalla. وَمَنْ وَجَدَ غَيْرَ ذَلِكَ فَلَا يَلُومَنَّ إِلَّا نَفْسَهَ And anyone who finds the day of judgment on his scrolls something that doesn't please them don't blame anyone except yourself. Let me read it inshallah ta'ala by myself. I'm going to go through it like that. Al-Hadith al-Khamis wal-Ishroon. Abi Dharrin, he said, Anna nasa min ashabi Rasulillah. A group of the companions, they entered onto the messenger. And they said to the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, Zahaba ahaluddhuthuri. The people who are rich, they have left with bil-ujuri. They left with a lot of reward. Yusalluna, they pray. Kaman usalli, the way that we pray. وَيَصُومُونَ And they are fasting. كَمَا نَصُومُ The way we fast. وَيَتَصَدَّقُونَ And the rich people are giving from their wealth بِفُضُولِ أَمْوَارِهِمْ قَالَ Then what they're trying to say here is the rich, they fast with us, they pray with us, but they have extra things that we don't have which is they can give money. We're poor, we can't do that. So they are passing us, they're winning and we're not reaching them. What should we do in this situation? Then the messenger said, أَوَلَيْسَ قَدْ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ مَا تَصَدَّقُونَ Don't you guys have a way of giving charity? What is it? إِنَّ بِكُلِّ تَسْبِيحَةٍ صَدَقَةٍ Subhanallah, it's صَدَقَةٍ وَكُلُّ تَكْبِيرَةٍ صَدَقَةٍ Allah Akbar is a صَدَقَةٍ وَكُلُّ تَحْمِيدَةٍ صَدَقَةٍ الحمد لله is صَدَقَةٍ وَكُلُّ تَهْلِيلَةٍ صَدَقَةٍ لا إِلَ وَنَهْيٌ عَنْ مُنْكَرٍ To warn against evil is sadaqah. وَفِي بُطْعِ حَدِكُمْ صَدَقَةٍ Having sexual intercourse with your wife is a sadaqah. قَالُوا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ The companions were shocked. 
They said, Ya Rasulullah, ayati ahaduna shahwatahu. Will one of us fulfill his sexual desires? And Allah is going to reward, reward him for it. Is one of us going to fulfill his sexual desires? And Allah is going to give ajr to him? Then the messenger said, What about if he was to do his sexual desires in a haram way? Would he not be sinning? Will a sin not be written for him? The answer is what? Naam. The Prophet used what is known here as Qiyasul Aksi. What is known as what? Qiyasul Aksi. The opposite was a sin, so the opposite has to be a what? A reward. Al-Hadith al-Sadisu. This hadith, the long one before that I mentioned, 25, in it is amazing thing because they, the ones that didn't have money. What were they upset about? The rich was... The rich passed them. And so they said, the rich are passing us. Look what they're doing. We don't have the chance to do that. So the Prophet said, I'll give you a way to give sadaqah. Say this. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha and Allahu Akbar. The rich had... The rich had what, the, what was given to the poor. They took it with them. They were saying it. They said, Ya Rasulullah, look. They heard it. And they're doing it. What should we do? And then the Prophet said, That's a blessing Allah gives to. So which one is better? A poor who's patient or a rich who shows gratitude? This is one of the hadiths they use in the discussion. This is one of the hadiths. Who believes the rich who shows gratitude is better? Put your hand up. So the rich, all of you guys like money, huh? So, the rich who shows gratitude is what? It's better than the one, the poor, which is? The poor, which is? Patience. Who enters Jannah, the poor or the rich? The poor enter Jannah. And the rich, what's going to happen to them? Every single penny, they're going to be asked. Every single kirsh. Every cent. They'll be asked about it. Is that a good thing? So you guys have to bring all the narrations together and look at the issue very... If you're delayed from entering Jannah because you've been asked about every penny, is that an easy thing? Even if your money is all halal, it's still you're delayed from Jannah. You're going under interrogation. Whether you pass or not, isn't that itself a virtue that the poor will just walk in? Hadith, how many years? Yeah? 50,000 years the narration mentions. Huh? What was the narration you came across? 500. You said something about 500. Ha. I was certain about 50,000. He now gave me shak. Should we stick with the certainty or should we go with the doubt? <laughs> what should we do in this situation? I'm the certainty. He's the doubt. Let's leave the doubt. Al Hadith al Khamis wal Ishron. عن أبي ذر رضي الله تعالى عنه نو عن أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه أبو هريرة said the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said كل سلامة من الناس عليه صدقة every limbs on your body how many the word سلامة means المفصل joints every joint there's a صدقة on you that you have to pay daily كل سلامة من الناس عليه صدقة 
كل يوم تطلع فيه الشمس every day in which the sun rises تعدل بين اثنين صدقة which you judge between two صدقة وتعين الرجل if you help a man or a woman في دابته by helping them carrying things for them passing something to them فتحمله عليها أو ترفع له عليها متاعه صدقة this is صدقة you're helping a Muslim brother in something you're giving something to your Muslim brother that was on the ground you're like don't worry go on the riding beast here the صدقة you with me brothers والكلمة الطيبة صدقة saying a good word صدقة to your Muslim brother وقولوا للناس حسنا as Allah said وبكل خطوة تمشيها إلى الصلاة صدقة every step that you took to come to the masjid is صدقة وتميط الأذى عن الطريق صدقة to take the harm from the earth and to put it in the bin or to move it from the harm of the people is صدقة all of these are ways to make sure that the person play, pays, pays Sadaqa of their what? Joints. Lakin, the way to do that, brothers, is is to pray Salatul Duha. It is to pray. It is to pray Salatul Duha. Salatul Duha, what did it do for you? You don't have to come with all of those actions that we mentioned. Just two rak'ah that you pray Salatul Duha, the whole of your limbs you pay the Sadaqa daily. Or else. You're going to have to do so much righteous deeds that day that each one is a one sadaqah. How many joints do we have? Huh? 360 joints, right? Those 360, you have to do 360 righteous deeds every day. Can you do that? Each one is a sadaqah. It's going to be hard for you, right? So the best way is to do is to pay two rak'ah. Al-Hadith al-Sabi' wal-Ishirun Anna Wasim Nusam'anin radiyallahu ta'ala anu anin Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal Al-Birru Righteousness is Husnul Khuluq Good manners Wal-Ithmu Evil is Mahaka fi nafsik That which keeps regurgitating in your chest Wa karihta an yattali' alayhi al-nasu A lot of the people they ask you a question And they say to you brother I have a question Is this permissible? Why did you ask whether this is permissible? Something is in your heart. You, feel, you, you don't feel content about it. Allah has placed in our hearts a lot of the times the, the feeling of knowing when something is right and when something is what? When it's good. Evil is that which keeps coming back in your chest. And you dislike. But you don't like the people to know, it, to know about it. So a lot of people asking you a question, ask that person. Do you like the people see you doing that? If he says to you no, then you know it's evil. You know it's bad. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi said in another hadith, عن وابسة بن معبدي رضي الله عنه قال أتيت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال I came to the Prophet and I asked him جئت تسأل عن البر I came to ask أما جئت you came to ask about good قلت I said نعم I came to ask about good The Prophet said استفتق استفتق قلبك Ask your heart. What do you do? Whether something is right or good, ask your heart. Righteousness is what? What the heart finds tranquility with. And the heart finds tranquility with. And evil is. Even if the people give you so much verdict, your heart is not accepting it. You know it's evil. You know it's what? Evil. Quickly, let me mention this. Okay? Can everybody go and say, 
you know what? This is, this is permissible. Why? Because I asked my heart and my heart told me it's permissible. Can, can they? No. The people whose heart is meant in this hadith are people who have two conditions present. Okay? It's two conditions present. I mean, there's two conditions that have to be present in order for you to ask your heart. For you to even ask your heart, two things have to be. Number one, it's a matter which ambiguity lies. There's, it's not clear. It's, it's an issue which is unclear. If a matter, the, the Sharia gave it a ruling, no one's asking you, telling you to go to your heart. There's a hukum shari already there. We're talking about, it's an issue of mahallul ishtibah, ambiguities regarding it. And number two is, the person who's going to ask themselves whether this is taken in their heart, has to be a person who has they have to be a person who's steadfast upon the religion. A person who fears Allah Azza wa Jalla. Like in an evil person, every evil seems good to him. Are you with me, brothers? Those are the two conditions. Number one is the matter is a matter which the shara' you're not is it halal or is it haram? There's ambiguity regarding it. It's not clear. And the second one is you have with you. You have with you istiqama diniya, you're a steadfast person. Al Hadithu Thamin wal Ishirun, Anabina Jihan Irbadi Bin Sariyat Radiallahu Ta'ala Anu Kalawa Adana Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Mu'idha Tumwajilat Minal Kulub Wadha Rafat Minhal Uyun Fakulna Ya Rasulullah Fa'na Mu'idha Tumwajjain Fawusina Fakala Usikum Bitakwallah Irbadi Bin Sariyah he said the messenger gave us an advice an advice that moved the heart and our eyes just started watering and this is a benefit which is Sometimes the ulama and the shuyukh and the people of knowledge should give heart softening. There's nothing wrong with that. It's needed. The messenger sometimes would give the companions what? Things that would touch their heart. And he would give them a heart softening reminder. Alayhi salatu, alayhi salatu wasalam. Which would then lead to what? Crying. And this is another thing which is, crying is a good deed. It shows... Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali, he has a, Ibn, Ibn al-Jawzi has a kitab called, he called it, um, he called it, I read this book 10 years something ago, it's called, it's, in English it translates as the ocean of tears, like crying, and he mentions there's Salaf who cried. He wrote a book on it. Also, Ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi. Ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi has a kitab on what? On the concept of crying. He called it Al-Riqqat wal-Bukah. It's a very good book. Moments where the Prophet ﷺ cried, moments where the Sahabas cried. He brought all the narrations there. And the Salaf. It's good. It's a very good book. And also, Ibn Abi Dunya has a book called Al-Bukah in his Majmu'ah. In his Majmu'ah. So it's good to read these things. It's good for you to soften your heart. And the scholars, they say, the crying is a reflection of when the heart has what? Has expressed its feeling ala wajhil kamal. Sometimes people don't cry, but the heart has what? Has cried. The person's crying from the heart. But when that crying reaches extreme it passes, it shares the load with the what? 
it shares it with the eyes. And the eyes is reflecting what's in the, what's in the heart. The Prophet ﷺ, what did he say to them? I advise you with the piety of Allah. Come with piety, taqwa. And listen and obey your Muslim, the Muslim leader. Even if this, even the one who is governing you is a slave. Meaning, if he's a slave, a slave shouldn't govern free people. So he's not meant to be in power. But it happened that he came into power. It, accept it. Work with it. This is called halatul al-dirar. The Muslims are being forced by a leader that was not meant to be in power. They have to work with what they have and listen and obey. You see, فَإِنَّهُ مَنْ يَعِشْ مِنْكُمْ Anyone from amongst you who lives, فَسَيَرَى He will see. اِخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا Anyone from amongst you who lives is going to see what? The Muslims are going to become different groups. What's the solution? What should we do? There's going to be groups. The people are going to disunite. What should we do? Look what the Prophet said. He didn't say, all of you just come together and just hold hands and be one. He didn't. He said, فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّةِ Upon you is my sunnah. Each one of you, I command you to come back to my sunnah. وَالسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّشِدِينَ And the sunnah of the rightly guided khulafa. الْمَهْدِيِّينَ هُوَا guided. عَضُّوا عَلَيْهَا بِالنَّوَادِ Hold on to that with your molities. وَإِيَّاكُمْ And stay away from what? مُحْدَثَاتِ الْأُمُورِ the newly invented matters. Why? Because the newly invented matters are misguidance and every misguidance is in the hellfire. The scholars, you know what they mentioned? They said the Prophet spoke about disunity and then he mentioned the sunnah and bid'ah. Bid'ah is what brings disunity and sunnah is what brings unity. رَوَهَا أَبُوْ دَاوُدْ وَتِرْمِدِي وَقَالَ حَدِيثٌ حَسَنٌ صَحِيحٌ الْحَدِيثُ التَّاسِعُ وَالْعِشِرُونَ عَنْ مُعَادِ بْنُ جَبَلٍ رضي الله عنه قال قلت يا رسول الله يخبرني بعمل يدخلني الجنة ويبعدني عن النار قال قلت قال لقد سألت عن عظيم وإنه لا يسير على ما يسر الله تعالى مُعَادِ بْنُ جَبَلٍ he said I asked the prophet I said oh messenger of Allah أخبرني بعمل tell me an action يدخلني الجنة an action that will take me to Jannah and that will distance me from the hellfire brothers when you ask a question let the first person you want for the question be who? Yourself. Mu'ad wants it for himself. He just wants to enter Jannah. He wants to be taken away from the hellfire. So he said, oh, Messenger of Allah, I want to enter Jannah and I want to be distanced from the hellfire. Tell me an action that will do this for me. Then the Prophet said, لَقَدْ سَأَلْتَ Mu'ad, you have asked for something that is big. لكن لَقَدْ سَأَلْتَ عَنْ عَظِيمٌ You asked about something big. وَإِنَّهُ لَيَسِيرٌ عَلَى مَنْ يَسَّرَهُ اللَّهِ And it's only easy for whoever Allah makes it easy for them. Then the Prophet ﷺ, he said, You're going to worship Allah. The first thing, brothers, is Tawheed. You want to enter Jannah? Be a Muwahid. Don't associate partners with Allah. You're going to establish the prayer. You're going to give zakat. Ramadan, And you're going to give Ramadan. And you're going to what? You're going to go to the Hajj. Then the Prophet said, Ala adulluka. Shall I not tell you something that will overcome and that will govern all of that? And then he said, No, no, he said, Shall I tell you the door of good? He said, Fasting is a shield. Sadaqa extinguishes the shortcomings that one comes with. The way that the water extinguishes the fire. وَصَلَاةُ الرَّجُلِ And the, fa- the prayer of the man فِي جَوْفِ اللَّيْلِ In the middle of the night. A Muslim should pray Qiyamul Layl. 
Then the Prophet recited the ayah, تَتَجَافَ جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنِ الْمَضَاجِعِ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ خَوْفًا وَطَمَعًا Until we reach the ayah, يَعْمَلُونَ Ayah, يَعْمَلُونَ Which is the 18th or the 17th ayah. Then he said, أَلَا أُخْبِرُكَ Shall I not then tell you? بِرَأْسِ الْأَمْرِ The head of Islam. I'm the head of the issue. وَعُمُودِهِ And its pillar. Shall I not tell you? وَذِرْوَةُ سَنَامِهِمْ Anyone here know what Dhirwatu Salami means? Dhirwatu Salami in Arabic language, it means the top layer of the hump of the camel. The camel, the top layer of the hump. That's called Dhirwatu Salami. Shall I not, not tell you the Dhirwatu Salami? He said, Naam, of course. And then the Prophet said, Al Jihad. Jihad. In another riwayah, the Prophet said, Rasul Amr al Islam, wa umuduhu. الصلاة وذروة سنامه الجهاد في سبيل الله ألا أخبرك أن النبي قال لا أقول لك شيئا سأفعل ذلك ثكلتك أمك يا معاذ معاذ ما يوم ماذا لوزي and then he said وهل يكب الناس what else is the thing which the people are going into the hellfire وهل يكب الناس is there anything else which the people are entering the hellfire في النار على وجوههم face first is there any other reason except what على مناخر إلا حصائد ألسنتهم except the things that their tongue have said so why are these people being placed in the hellfire face first and not their legs first? Because the tongue is on the mouth and because they use their tongue and they made lies and they made allegations. This is what they're going to be dealt with and this is how they're going to be treated. الحديث الثلاثون عن أبي تعلبة الخشني جرثوم بن ناشرين رضي الله تعالى عنه عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إن الله عز وجل فرض فرائض فلا تضيعوها وحد حدودا فلا تعتدوها وحرم أشياء فلا تنتهكوا وسكت عن أشياء رحمة لكم من غير نسيان فلا تبحثوا عنها Is it different your copies? Yeah, it's the same. The Prophet ﷺ said, Inna Allah, Allah made things obligatory on the people. Don't forsake those obligatory things. Allah sent, He placed sanctuaries, border. Don't go overboard. Allah made some things haram for you. Don't try to do those haram things. Allah was silent about some things. It was out of mercy why Allah didn't mention these things. So do not look for them. The things that are halal, take it. The things which are haram, stay away from them. The things which the Sharia was silent about is permissible for you. Stop asking too much questions. Stop asking too much questions. الحديث الحادي وثلاثون عن أبي سهل أن أبي العباس سهل بن سعد السعيدي رضي الله تعالى عنه قال جاء رجل جاء رجل إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال يا رسول الله يدلني على عمل إذا أنا عملته أحبني الله وأحبني الناس فقال إزهد في الدنيا يحبك الله وزهد فيما عند الناس يحبك الناس حديث حسن رواه ابن ماجة وغيره بإسناد حسنة a man came to the prophet he said يا رسول الله I want an action. If I do, the people will love me, and Allah will love me. 
You want the people to love you Stay away from what's in their hands Don't ask the people for favours Don't ask them for anything The people will love you As for Allah Stay and boycott this dunya Allah is going to love you subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah is going to love you This is a qaida There's a saying within In my culture There's a saying they say Excessive begging And continuously saying Oh I'm ill People hate you for that Everyone, Someone whenever you visit them Oh my back My neck My shoulders Oh my arm Every time they're ill People don't like it And somebody Who's what? Who always Who always begs Begging Please Okay please People hate you for that. If you want people to love you, what do you do? Stay away from what's in the people's hands. If you want Allah to love you, boycott this dunya. Allah will love you, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Abi Sa'ad, and Abi Sa'id, and Sa'ad ibn Malik ibn Sinanin in Khudri radiallahu ta'ala anu anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qala la darara wa la dirara hadithun hasan rawahu ibn Majah wa dara qutni wa ghayruma wa musnadan wa rawahu malikun fil muwatai mursala an Amr ibn Yahya an Abihi an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qala an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fa'asqata Aba Sa'id wa lahu turukun yukawi ba'duha ba'da This hadith, we took it when we were doing qawaid al-fiqiyah which is the concept of what? La darara which is that the religion, what, is it, what did it come to do? It came to bring about benefit for you Worldly benefit and hereafter benefit And to remove from you what? Worldly harm and hereafter harms The Sharia came to do that ولذلك, The Sharia, if it cannot remove the harm in totality What does it do? It lessens it Are you with me brothers? If it cannot increase the good it brings it into place And it brings some of it in there So the religion always is there to Aid you and support you Al-Hadith al-Thalith wa Thalathun An-Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma An-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Qala law yu'ta al-Nasu bidawahum Lad-Dari jala amwala qawmin wa dima'ahum Lakinna al-Bayinata ala al-Mudda'i wal-Yamina Ala man ankar This hadith The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He said If claims were given a base I mean if People were not Investigation wasn't done And everybody's claim was just taken Then the people will come and say Akhi, By the way that thobe that you're wearing is mine oh, And that glasses is mine Akhi, Give me back my phone My phone you're using is mine Because everybody can claim Claiming is a good thing But the religion what does it do? Investigation So what do we need? Two things the one who's claiming, bring proofs. Who's got the mobile phone? The brother's got the phone in his pocket. So he's the owner for now. Prove this his phone is yours. You, on the other hand, who's got the phone, make a promise to Allah. Say, Wallahi, that this phone is yours. This is what's done. He's going to say, Wallahi, this phone is, is mine. And that it, what he's saying was, Wallahi, it's not true. That's the interrogation process that is taken, and many other hadiths have other ways. 
عن ابي سعيد الخدري رضي الله عنه قال قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول من راى منكم منكرا فليغير بيده فان لم يستطع فبلسانه فان لم يستطع فبقلبه وذلك اضعف الايمان رواه مسلم This hadith it mentions the changing of evil is done in three ways The changing of evil is how many how many ways is it done in three ways تغيير المنكر باليد changing the evil with what your hand. The second one is what? Changing the evil with what? Your tongue. And the third one is changing the evil with what? And that is the lowest. So Iman is, this hadith is used, the Iman is what? The Iman is what? No, that it increases, it decreases. We have other evidences that show that Iman increases. إنما المؤمنون الذين آمنوا إذا ذكر الله وجلت قلوبهم إذا تلت عليهم آيات زادتهم إيمانا وعلى ربهم those ayat show the iman increases. This hadith shows the iman in. That's the weakest and the lowest of iman. So this hadith shows us that the iman decreases. Naam. الحديث الخامس وثلاثون عن أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تحاسدوا ولا تناجشوا ولا تباغضوا ولا تدابروا ولا يبع, ولا يبع بعضكم على بيع بعض وكونوا عباد الله إخوانا المسلم أخو المسلم لا يظلم ولا يخذل ولا يكذبه ولا يحقر التقوى هنا ويشير إلى صدره ثلاث مرات بحسب امرئ من الشر أن يحقر أخاه المسلم كل المسلم على المسلم حرام دمه وماله وعرضه رواه مسلم The Prophet told us five things Muslim does not do Number one لا تحاسدوا A Muslim doesn't come with jealousy and envy towards his Muslim brother Get rid of that characteristics Number two ولا تناجشوا What does Tanajashu mean you're not deceptive. It is al-makru wal-hila wal-khida'a. You're not deceptive. A Muslim, not de- he doesn't deceive his Muslim brother. Number three, wala tabagadu. Tabagud means hating. A Muslim doesn't hate his Muslim brother. Of course, if there are permissible reasons too, then that's something else. Number four, wala tadabaru. Muslim doesn't boycott his Muslim brother. Four, five. A Muslim does not sell whilst his brother is selling. So your brother, you see two, two brothers doing business trading, and you say, "Is that how much he said he's going to give it to you for you?" I'm going to give you half price. Half price. Make your choice, brother. This is not permissible. The same way, if you know a brother is talking to a sister. The Prophet said, A brother is talking to the sister. He, he, and he and the sister are having a discussion. And you come and you say, Leave him. I'll make the meher. How much is he giving you for the dowry? I'll give you, I'll double it for you. Yeah? He says that to him. It's not permissible, Sharan. Until he says, Two ways you can know. Number one, until. They go their separate ways and there's no more speech. Or unless he permits it for you, says, I don't want to marry you. You can go. Other than that, why does the Sharia say this? Why? What's the reason for those five? Five of those bring it causes disunity amongst the Muslims. People of one aqidah are now not talking to each other anymore. Abna Aqidatin Wahida. 
are turning their backs on each other. They've left each other. They've boycotted each other. They have... Are you with me, brothers? This is what it's fighting against. So don't do that to your Muslim brother or your Muslim sister. Fear Allah Azza wa Jalla. الحديث السادس وثلاثون عن أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من نفس مؤمن كربة من كرب الدنيا نفس الله عنه كربة من كرب يوم القيامة ومن ينسر على مؤسر ينسر الله عليه في الدنيا والآخرة ومن ستر مسلما ستره الله في الدنيا والآخرة والله في عون العبد ما كان العبد في عون أخيه ومن سلك طريقا يلتمس فيه الماء تهل الله له بطريقا إلى الجنة ومجتمع قوم في بيت من بيوت الله يتلون كتاب الله ويتدارسون ويتدارسونه بينهم إلا نزلت عليهم السكينة وغشيتهم الرحمة وحفتهم الملائكة وذكرهم الله في من عنده ومن بطأ به عمله لم يسرع به نسبه رواه مسلم بهذا اللفظ This hadith is powerful The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم told us Anyone who uplifts from a Muslim a distress You see a Muslim who is stressed And you say to him أخي are you stressed? What is causing your stress? Consider it done. Consider it what? Imagine if you're the cause of the stress of your brother. So the person should avoid it. Don't bring stress. Take it and lift it. If you do that, what happens? Allah, the day of judgment is going to lift from you what? The stresses of the day of judgment. You see? And anyone who makes a matter easy for your Muslim brother, Allah is going to make it easy for you. You lend it money to somebody, brother. You gave him something. If you show him leniency, Allah will show you lenience the day of judgment. You know the famous hadith of the man who gave money to a man and when he gave him the money and he gave it to him are you with me? And he gave it to him and he would say to his people go and collect the debt from the people I gave it to. And if you find anyone who cannot pay it back forgive him so Allah can forgive us. The Prophet, do you know what he said? Allah forgave him. Forgive him. If they can't give it, because he believed, he took on the ayah, وَمَنْ وَمَنْ وَإِنْ كَانَ دُوْ عُسْرَةٍ فَنَذِرَةٌ فَنَذِرَةٌ إِلَى مَيْسَرَةٍ He was making easy. He was making easy. And this is what he will give you the day of judgment. This hadith also mentions anyone who conceals a Muslim brother's mistake. You saw your, brother, your Muslim brother do a sin. Don't tell anyone. It's private. He did it privately. Keep it private. Don't bring people's private mistakes out in public. Don't bring it. Allah is in your aid whilst you're aiding your Muslim brother. And the hadith also mentions anyone who takes a path to seek knowledge, Allah will make for your path to Jannah. What did you do? You took a road right now to come to the lesson, right? That same road, the day of judgment, is going to lead you to Jannah. Not to a lesson, but to... It's going to lead you to Jannah. And the Prophet also mentioned a group of people do not come together. To what? To recite the Quran amongst themselves. And Imam al took from this the permissibility of a people taking a verse and another person taking a verse. Taking a verse? You, have you seen that way of reading the Quran? Like, no, the Shaykh is reading one verse. So he says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. And the other person says, Ar Rahman al Rahim, Malik Yomidini, Iya can Abudu, Iya can Astaini, Dina Siratul. Like they take an ayah for the whole Quran. Nawawi took from this in his kitab Tibyanu fi adabi hamlatul Quran that the, uh, the word that was mentioned here was وَيَتَدَارَسُونَهُ بَيْنَهُمْ He said it falls under that which Somalis call Subah huh? uh, They call it Subah which is permissible as long as, as long as there's no mistake The only one that could be looked at as incorrect is that which they 
within Somali we call it hurin, where the last word the person reads it, Wallah bima ta'amaluna, basir, everybody says it together. And they do that also for the concept of making sure that you remember what the last word is generally. But that could be a problem because this would go against the concept of al waqf wal ibtida. It can change the meaning of the ayah sometimes. Because you just came in and you left. But other than that, if everybody takes their ayah, it's permissible, inshaAllah ta'ala. عن ابن عباس رضي الله تعالى عنه مع الرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فيما يروي عن ربي تبارك وتعالى قال إن الله كتب الحسنات والسيئات ثم بين ذلك فمن هم بحسنة فلم يعملها كتب الله عنده حسنة كاملة وإن هم بها فعملها كتب الله عنده عشر حسنات إلى سبعمائة ضعف إلى أضعاف كثيرة وإن هم بسيئة فلم يعملها كتبها الله عنده حسنة كاملة وإن هم بها فعملها كتب الله سيئة واحدة رواه البخاري ومسلم في صحيح. 